Welcome to the Fright Night. Listen to them. Children of the night. What music they make. One thing I never could summon. All the damn vampires. Welcome all you spooky guys and gals to week one of Octoberama. Brought to you by the Great Flop Podcast. <laughs> Make it sound like we're the sponsors and not the hosts. <laughs> well, we, we, we sponsor the film festival, so why can't we sponsor our show? <laughs> Technically, it's presented by. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. Uh, welcome to the show, guys, and... If this is the first time you are joining us in October, sorry, one sec. Quit fiddling. <laughs> My mic. Uh, if this is the first time you're joining us in October, every year we uh, do a, a special little thing for our listeners where we, where we record at least four episodes every week in October. Um, and uh, each one has a different theme bit focused on a certain kind of monster, uh, all leading up to our... Uh, Halloween spooktacular. God damn it! <laughs> Been eight years. You made it eight years without saying spooktacular. Have I have I never said it before? No, you said spectacular one time, and I thanked you for not saying spooktacular. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, we we round out the month with our uh Halloween episode, uh, which is not any different. <laughs> no, it's, I mean it's it's Halloween themed movies. Yeah, that's really the only special thing about it. <laughs> But yeah, um, so we start out, for those of you uh, watching on Discord right now, can see that this is week one, week of the vampire, where we'll be talking blah, about... Blah, blah, blah. Blah, blah, blah. Uh, we'll be talking about vampire movies. Go figure. Yeah. It's funny. And this, this this year, it's a special it's a, it's added... A dual theme. <laughs> it's it's uh, week of the New York vampire. Hey, I'm in New York. Hey. <laughs> Forget about it. <laughs> Let's go take in a Broadway show. <laughs> um, I got a gun. Let's go do a Broadway show. <laughs> yeah, we'll be talking about a uh, vampire in Brooklyn and vampires versus the Bronx later in the show. Yeah. But, uh, and so we, we alternate weeks. Um, like this episode will be uh, a full length episode, like normal, uh, including horror business. Uh, next week will be a mini-sode where we'll just strictly just be doing, um, uh, movie reviews. reviews. So, um, let's go and get things started. Yeah? Yeah. Uh, how you doing, Taylor? Pretty good. Went to the, uh, Great Pumpkin Beer Festival mm. last night. Yeah? Yeah. Exciting stuff. Drank some pumpkin beers and there was uh, too many not pumpkin beers this year. You They're know, just like, oh, it's a fall beer. It's an Oktoberfest beer. And I'm like, this is the great pumpkin beer festival. <laughs> Take your Oktoberfest and shove it up your ass. Well, it's like I've wondered how many different beers there can be that are pumpkin flavored without them starting to basically just taste the same. I, I mean, a lot of them do. <laughs> yeah. But like Elysian Brewing, who runs the whole thing, they every year they have more and more. 
just like just theirs. Mm -hmm. So I don't know what they could do different, but I don't know. I don't like, I know, but there's also like pumpkin ciders. There was a couple meads. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's like pumpkin is very one note. Like, yeah. (laughs) And you know, there are different kinds of beers with different flavors to them. And like, you know, I like, as far for me, I can tell the difference between cheap beer and expensive beer. Mm-hmm. That's as far as my palate, palate goes. Um, but it all tastes like beer to me. Like, well, but then I can also tell the difference between like what what's um, a lager? Is that like a light beer? Yeah, and, it's kind of an in between. Okay, whatever a, a light beer, like you know the ones that look like piss. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, that, those are probably lagers. Okay, or an ale is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. Okay, ales are lighter. Okay, uh, and like um, an IPA or not IPA, um, like a porter or porter, a stout. Thank you. Yeah, um, I can tell the difference between those. Sure. Yeah, but those like, are pretty big difference in flavor. Yeah, but if you give me like two of the same kind of beer, like two lagers from different companies, they're going to taste exactly the same to me. Hmm. Um. Anyway, I feel like it's all about like the spices and what they add to it. Yeah. And that's the thing about pumpkin in general. Pumpkin is a squash. It has very little flavor on its own. Right. When people say they like pumpkin, they mean they like cinnamon they like and pumpkin nutmeg. spice. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, it's like this pumpkin spice latte. It doesn't taste like pumpkin. It tastes like cinnamon and, no. and nutmeg. Yeah. And pumpkin spice. And everything nice. Yeah. Um, you hung out with your sister. Oh, did you? Yeah. Okay. I didn't know they were going. Yep. Neat, neat. Uh, they left before Sir Mix-a-Lot came on. Oh, what a shame. <laughs> they're old people, man. <laughs> they're younger than I am, and they're just old. <laughs> <laughs> but they have, like, no no problem with it. They're just like, yeah, we're, we're going to bed earlier, er, early. No big deal. Don't care. Fuck you. It's the way to be, man. <laughs> like, all right. <laughs> you do you. Um, yeah, not much going on for me. I'm just, you know, I'm a dad, so I don't have much of a life. Living that dad life? Yeah. I got, uh, my office slash drawing room slash recording studio all set up. Yeah. I like it. I like the, I like the rainbow. Yeah, the rainbow's a nice touch, isn't it? <laughs> really goes with the horror theme. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's like I wanted to get these walls painted before... You know, I got everything set up, but when he came, but over, he just really liked the rainbow. <laughs> I was so irritated with that when we when we when we came and looked at the house. It's like, oh, that's obnoxious. But I just kind of thought that the previous owners would paint over it before they moved out. They didn't. <laughs> the worst part is that this Pegasus or unicorn up in the corner is not finished. That's but, the worst part of the whole thing. No, that's a decal that we tried to rip off, and it just oh. kind of came off partially. And you can see all these white splotches here. That's because they use really sh- cheap, shitty paint, and it, and we were able to like peel sec- big sections off. Good splotchy, Doctor Splotchy. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's like, and the thing about it is, like, I can't just paint over this because even if I were to paint over it, you would see the sections of the rainbow because they just like, I mean, they clearly was painted by a child. They just took like big loads of gob paint and it's like yeah so there's gonna be lines so i have to actually strip the wall before i paint it again and then there's this wall here you don't like the pink i don't like the pink <laughs> but 
Yeah, we painted the other two rooms gray. I might paint this one gray too eventually. I was thinking about maybe purple. I thought that might look cool. But why is grass gray? Why is the sky gray? <laughs> why is a rainbow gray, 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 and ultra gray? <laughs> is that Scrubs? No, that is um, Wilfred. What? Wilfred. Oh, with, uh, with Elijah Wood. Wood. Yeah. I never really got into that. Anyway, but yeah, so now it's it's a functional room. I was just telling my wife earlier, this is the first time that all three rooms have been <laughs> functional. Because one room or the other has always been a junk room. Right. <laughs> um, so yeah, it's it's weird. I mean, I had to move in here from my office when, when the baby was born, because that's I used to work in what is now the nursery. So, But now I got this art desk, and so I had to make room for that. Anyway. Yeah. And, uh, oh, next weekend we're going down to uh, St. Helens, Oregon. We're going to go to the Spirit of Halloween Town. Oh, yeah. Getting dragged to that, huh? It was kind of my idea. I thought, oh. I thought she would enjoy it. Oh, I'm sure she will, yeah. Oh, we went to the pumpkin patch yesterday. We took him to... I saw pictures, yeah. yeah. It's really cute pictures. Yeah, thanks. We have a cute child. <laughs> we were just we were talking about him last night. We were like, he's, he's like finally like emoting. Yeah. Yeah, he smiles all the time. Uh, and like, I mean, he's, he's, a, he's a pretty happy baby, which we got really lucky in that respect. Because like... Uh, my my sister in law, their baby, she, she was like, she cried all the time, and so we were kind of like worried that was going to happen to us too. But we got we got lucky and got a really happy baby. Nice, so. that's good. But we were also like of our siblings, we were both like the good babies. Oh, <laughs> so we were hoping that would like be in the genes, you know? Yeah. <laughs> anyway. But yeah, so it, it's uh, just Halloween time and trying to figure out how to how to do that and what what to do because we're probably not gonna have the party this year. I, mean, I didn't figure as much. Um, we'd like to just we we talked about having having it up back like get, like a big tent, yeah. and some you know space heaters or um, you know like event heaters and stuff. Mm-hmm. But just the cost of that, it's like we'd probably have to like not necessarily charge a mis- admission, but say hey, if anybody wants to kick down for this, that would yeah. be helpful. And we, we didn't want to do that, so maybe next year. But it sucks. That's another thing we were talking about last night, because you know your sister hosts sometimes, and she was just like, "Yeah, if she was like, if we're doing a Halloween party this year, Tony's hosting." Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's supposed to be our year because they hosted the last one. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, it, it's just it's it's too much to manage right now. Um. I mean, not only just because of him, but with COVID. Right. Um. So. It's it's a bummer because it's his first Halloween and it's like we could get him a costume, but who's gonna see it? You should do it anyway. Eh, maybe he's got a few like things that we kind of use as pajamas. That I was gonna say you just like hodgepodge something together. Like he's got a like a a, a onesie or like a pajama onesie, uh, like Superman and it has a cape on it. There you go. Just throw that on him on on <laughs> Halloween. That's a, is it on a Friday this year? Saturday. Saturday. <sighs> so it's a total fucking bummer. Oh man, it's like the perfect day to have a Halloween party. But anyway, we gotta find time to go to a haunt or two. We do. Uh, Figure out which one we're going to first. Yeah, uh, there, I mean, there's any number of them. It's a bummer that the Nightmare at Beaver Lake isn't running this year. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's a bummer too because, like, the 
organizations that they support, that's like their number one fundraising event. Is it really? Yeah. Um, so yeah, it's kind of just a bummer for not only for the haunt community, but for their local community in general. Yeah. So anyway, we're gonna talk a little bit more about haunts later. So yeah, but, uh, yeah, before we get into things proper, want to thank our grave diggers over on Patreon. Uh, these lovely folks help support the show financially. We don't have an expensive show, uh, regardless of this wonderful setup we have here. <laughs> you, you may be deceived by the... That TV was free. It's nice. You guys need to join Patreon because then you could see us have this nice little display screen. And you can us. see the rainbow. Yeah. And you can see my mountain of clothes. Uh, oh, yeah. You can't see that on screen. Yeah. I uh, didn't. I, I didn't know what to do with those because <laughs> those are going in storage. So, uh, um, but yeah, my dresser here was all covered in shit right right before you got here. So, but I got some spooky des- uh, decorations. My trapper keeper, <laughs> <laughs> guys. Trapper uh, Walmart has trapper keepers now. So all you '90s kids. Anyway, Patreon. Uh, yeah, we don't have an expensive show, but it does cost money, and we, we don't have much of it. So it's important to us that uh, other people help finance this little thing we have going here. Yep. Uh, these folks that we speak of are Jordan Morrison, Kevin Trent, Carlos Rodella, Gory B. Movie, Max Zaleski, Bob Voorhees, and Kevin Nesgoda. Thank you, you skipped one. I did? You skipped Aaron Meyer. Oh, shit. Aaron Meyer. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, everyone, especially Aaron, <laughs> for uh, helping us out with this this show here. Um, we couldn't do it without you. Uh, Taylor, if anybody else wants to join the party, where can they go? They can go to patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast. For as little as $1, you can join us every episode on Discord for Horror Business Live. Get your uh, opinions maybe on the show if we decide to read them, if they're not stupid. Don't say stupid <laughs> things to us. <laughs> $5, get your name in the show. Uh, we got other perks such as discounts on Grey Plot merchandise. And then any money that goes beyond you know, covering our website hosting fees and podcast hosting fees and whatever other fees we get dinged with, uh, go towards things like the Grey Plot Film Fest. We, we don't put any of this money in our pocket. It all goes back into the show or the Film Fest, which is uh, currently accepting uh, submissions over on filmfreeway.com slash Fest. Uh, we're also looking for sponsors at greatplatformfest.com. Go ahead and hit us up. We have three different tiers to match any budget. Yes, sir. It's all appreciated. Even if you donate a dollar, we don't talk about you on the show, but we do appreciate you. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll wave to you on Discord. Hi, $1 people. <laughs> yeah, you could still watch. We just won't talk about you. Yeah, I mean, unless you get in the chat and talk to us. Sure, yeah. That's the best way to get your name on the show. You can do it. Never mind. Don't do that. Give us $5. <laughs> Loophole. <laughs> uh, yeah. How, how many? Are we still getting some submissions in? Yeah. We've, uh, it's kind of picked up lately. Yeah. Yeah. It usually does. I mean, like, I know you were worried a few weeks ago, but it seems like it's all a little slow to trickle in, but... Eventually, it starts picking up. I feel like it's like a lot at first, and then kind of dips in the middle, and then picks up again at the end. But okay, well, I, you watch it closer than I do, but from where my perspective, that's how I've always seen it: is they kind of come in slowly at first, and then they start to pick up. Mm. But 
But if you want to avoid the late fee, make sure you get it in by Halloween. Yeah. Or you can still submit in November. It's just going to cost you a little more. Tickets go on sale on Halloween. Did you say that? I didn't yet. Well, there you go. Yeah. Those of you who are not filmmakers or are for filmmakers and still want to attend, I will be, fingers crossed, once again at the um, Arc Lodge Cinemas in Seattle, Washington. Uh, vaccination will be required. And mask. And mask. That's that's a King County mandate. We can't do anything about that. But It's also a great plot mandate. Well, yeah. I'll accept no less. We go on great plot mandates all the time. <laughs> We're not supposed to talk about that. <laughs> what happens on mandates stays on mandates. <laughs> but yeah, so if you want any more information on the Great Plot Film Fest, head to greatplotfilmfest.com. And of course, if you want to join us on Patreon, it's patreon.com slash greatplotpodcast. There you go. All right. So uh, just there's something I, I don't see here in horror business, so I just want to mention it quickly. Uh, recently, Elvira had her big 40th anniversary. Very... Shit, I can't. It was some long, ridiculous title. Now I can't remember what it was. It was like a very spooky, very special special or something like that. Something like that, yeah. Uh, but it, basically, it was just like movie macabre all over again, which was awesome. She showed three movies um, Elvira, Mistress of the Dark, then um, House on Haunted Hill, the original from 1958. And then, um, no, sorry. It was show four movies. Yeah, Elvira, she showed Elvira, House on Haunted Hill. Why can't I remember the names of the other two? There are two, more, two more movies. And everybody was like, oh, I wish Elvira would come back, you know, have her you know, weekly show again. Uh, I think I mentioned that on a previous episode that, like, Shudder should have Joe Bob going in one season and Elvira mm-hmm. going in another season. So you have year-round stuff. Um, but it appears that Netflix has uh, drafted Elvira to do a show of their own. It doesn't look like it's formatted like Movie Macabre. Uh, at least I don't think. Basically, she's going to be showing different movies that focus on a certain f- fear, I think. Well, she's hosting it. It's called Netflix and Chills. Yeah. And she's hosting that. Yeah. Whatever that means. Yeah. It's, it's not super clear on what the format's going to be. But, yeah, it's more Elvira, so... I wonder if it's just like you just watch the movie and there's like an intro with her or something. Could be. Um, yeah, I, I know like like in Movie Macabre, like in the later years, with technology allowed, she would always like pop up in the middle of a... in the middle of a movie with some snarky remark. Um, and she didn't do that so much during the 40th anniversary she did a couple times, but not not a lot. Um, but anyway. So yeah, more Elvira. Um, I can't remember the date on that. So I'm kind of useless in this respect. But there you go. If you have Netflix, you can you can find out. Who fucking doesn't have Netflix? Poor people. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Should we move on with the show? Yes. All right, starting out in some real-world horror, um, you know, we've been very clear how we feel about the Conjuring movies, and, you know, James Wan in particular, and everything that he brings to the table. 
But The Conjuring uh, has two sequels somehow. Um, and if you've seen the first one, you know that the first one centered around a family living in this, you know, colonial farmhouse. Um, I, I don't even know where it was. <laughs> I don't care. Rhode, Rhode Island, is that? Yeah, is that, yeah, is yeah. That, is that where the movie took place? I think so. I mean, it's based on this house. Okay. Based on a true story. Yeah. Quote, unquote. Yeah. F- straight from the lips of professional con artists, Ed and Lorraine Warren. <laughs> <laughs> um, but good news, guys, for all of you fucking James Wan marks out there. Uh, nice. Thanks. Good, good use of marks. <laughs> Uh, the house that inspired the Conjuring story is up for sale. So there you go. It is a 17th, or it was a farmhouse that was built in 1736 in Burlville, 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 Rhode Island. Right? Is that a Rhode Island accent? Isn't it? I have no idea. <laughs> I mean, because, you know, basically all I have to go off of for Rhode Island accents is family Peter Griffin. <laughs> Which is just some generic New England accent. Yeah. <laughs> and if you notice, the only people that have it are uh, actually, I was, I was going to say Lois, but really it's only Peter. Because Lois has more of like a like a New York accent. Yeah. Um, and Stewie is British. Hmm? And Stewie is British. Right? <laughs> like not even their kids have the accent. Um. Anyway. But the house is said to be haunted by the spirit of a woman named Bathsheba. Bath- Bathsheba, I think. Bathsheba Sherman. Uh, and the owners, Corey and Jennifer Heinzen, claim that she still lives there. And it still haunts the place to this day. Um, let's see. Uh, yeah, the Heinzens... Um, who currently still live there, uh, say after live, after hosting several special events at the house for horror fans, um, they have now put the property back up for, uh, for sale. Uh, it's located at 1677 round top rod. Don't go down that. Road. <laughs> I was gonna say, I was gonna say that earlier when you said Rhode I was just gonna say like, you sound like Fred Gwynn. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, inf- infamous house that, uh, can currently be found on realtor.com. Uh, they are asking for one, one point two million dollars for this house. Now, how much of that is inflated by its fame? Oh, at least the point two, because <laughs> <laughs> you know a colonial farmhouse that's still in good shape, even in Rhode Island, has got to be worth a pretty good amount, especially yeah. if it's got property attached to it. Yeah, but I mean, they bought it in two thousand nineteen, right, for four hundred thirty nine thousand dollars. Yeah. But fucking uh, real estate market is taking off. That's true. Like this, this house we're sitting in right now, it's like worth like two thousand, two hundred thousand more than we paid for it. Nice. Yeah, <laughs> it is nice. You're fucking yeah. <laughs> I'm just hoping that we can get out of it before the bubble pops. Yeah. I wonder if James Wan's gonna ask for a cut. Because <laughs> I fucking would. <laughs> You'd be nothing without me. <laughs> um. Said, uh, yeah, since they moved in 2019, they have they said they've experienced many paranormal things. Oh, that's very specific. <laughs> yeah. 
Uh, the listing says, every so often an opportunity presents itself to possess an extraordinary piece of cultural history. Possess. I get it. <laughs> uh, the true story of The Conjuring started in this very house in Harrisville, Rhode Island. Thought it was in Burlville. Make up your fucking minds, guys. You know realtors. Oh, this is this is East Williamsburg. No, bitch, this is Bushwick. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Lost my place Harrisville Harrisville Uh, The critically acclaimed original movie Was based on accounts taken from the inhabitants Of this 14 14 room Okay 1.2 might be reasonable (laughs) Yeah (laughs) Fuck I mean unless their room's like the size of my bathroom Or something Yeah. That's a closet Why would you build that? You know, it's like I, th- I think the only thing that has to qual like to qualify as a bedroom, I think you have to have a door, heat, a window, and I don't think you even have to have a closet. So if you have a door, heat, and a window, you could qualify any room as a bedroom. How stupid, dumb, big my room's got rooms. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> this animal burst bit where he talks about this rapper who has a lyric that's how stupid dumb big my room's got rooms. He's like, nah man, those are closets. <laughs> <laughs> um <laughs> The chilling stories from this house have inspired dozens of books and movies. Many qualified paranormal researchers have been invited into the home, most famously Ed and Lorraine Warren. Wait, I thought you said qualified. <laughs> well, what does qualified mean? Like you basically pick up some kind of gadget you bought off Amazon and say, oh, I'm a ghost hunter now. <laughs> this does stuff. Is it, it beeps well, when there's ghosts when there's, near. <laughs> it beeps when there's stuff. <laughs> That's a line from Doctor Who. Oh. Or when there's stuff, it... it fuck. I think it's just like when there's stuff, it makes a ding. Oh, it dings when there's stuff. That's what it is. Ah. Um, <laughs> uh, Ed and Lorraine Warren, who founded the oldest ghost hunting team in New England, and in the 1970s were hired to rid the room of its rid, uh, sorry, rid their home of its evil fail. <laughs> yeah, did a real bang up job, guys. Uh, the Warrens confirmed the events depicted in the Conjuring movies, uh, the third just recently released, actually transpired. Oh, Should. well, if the Warrens confirmed it, well, then I definitely yeah. don't believe it. <laughs> Uh, the current caretakers, oh, they do even live there? Uh, wait. Yeah, they said they live there. If it's, if they live there, the residents, they are caretakers. Yeah, I was going to say. <laughs> um, uh, the current caretakers have reported countless happenings in the house and have turned overnight guest bookings and group events on the property into a steady, successful business. You can take a thirteen or sorry, a three D virtual tour of the three thousand one hundred nine square foot house. What three bedrooms, one point five bathrooms? I am what losing four- track of this house. <laughs> I guess they were closets. This is <laughs> it has to be <laughs> unless they're counting like bathroom. Well, they're probably counting like living room. Dining room. Oh, yeah. Probably study den. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to masturbate in the tent. 
Um, <laughs> if you fall asleep, I'm a piss in your mouth. <laughs> I really wish Donald Glover did more stand up. Because yeah. that special is so good. He just, uh, <laughs> yeah, he, uh, he, he went real serious with his career. Which yeah. is fine. Did you ever watch Atlanta? I started to, and it, it just it wasn't for me. Yeah, it's not as funny as I would want it to be. Yeah. Which is fine, because it has its audience. It's just... It's I'm just not, not it. Not, yeah. yeah. Dicks, dicks, dicks. <laughs> uh, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> yes! Um. Okay. Uh, it sits on an 8.5 acre lot. So there you go. That's where all the money comes from. Yeah. That's a lie. It comes from the house. Property's useless. <laughs> Unless you like grow things and sell them, property's fucking useless. Yeah, nobody wants to live on property. <laughs> like that giant fucking backyard I have, it's a money pit. <laughs> um, guys, here's a tip from a homeowner. Buy a house on a small lot. Do not buy a big backyard unless you have a big lawnmower and a yeah. lot of money to put into it. Uh, okay. Uh, or you can book in-person property tours if you're in the area. Of Harrisville or Burlville. <laughs> One or the other. Yeah, like, you know, here I am probably a good 20 or 30 miles away from Seattle and, like, from people outside of Washington, they say, oh, yeah, that's Seattle. Right. <laughs> the Seattle area. South Seattle. Right. I think I'm going to make an offer. Yeah? Yeah. 30? 30 bucks? 30 bucks. <laughs> Back the fuck off of San Antonio. Magic! <laughs> Uh, <laughs> <laughs> fucking Antonio. <laughs> There's this wrestler that has a YouTube channel, and all he does is like him and other wrestlers recreate scenes from movies, and they recreated that scene. Really? <laughs> what a random scene to do. <laughs> It's so good. <laughs> All right. So, yeah. It's called The Silver Screen by John Silver, for those of you that want to watch it. It's really good. Really good. I see what he did there. Yeah. Clever. Should we press on? Yes. I just moved in my new house today. Moving was hard, but I got squared away. Bell started ringing and changed right loud. So as we said earlier, it is haunt season. Time to get out there and support your local haunt union. I don't think they have a union. Probably not. There's probably some somewhere that have a union. Probably like the really expensive ones that like hire like professional actors and professional actors and professional like like Hollywood set builders and stuff. Yeah. I think I've seen like haunt union t-shirts, which are probably not like a real union. Yeah. But anyways, uh, there was a 
I was going to say famous movie. I don't know how famous it was, but there was a movie a few years ago uh, about like haunts and more specifically extreme haunts called The Houses October Built. Uh, the filmmakers behind that movie have now put together the ultimate haunted attraction directory. Uh, it's called Haunt Society. It can be found at hauntsociety.com, obviously. Billed as the world's most comprehensive haunted it's, house directory. It's the internet. So they have a website. Yeah. So it's the future. <laughs> they have cell phones. <laughs> I mean, luckily, luckily they were able to get hauntsociety.com and not like haunt society directory of haunted attractions.com dot net backslash folder backslash (laughs) um uh, the houses that october built director bobby rowe says we found after shooting in the haunt world for the past 12 years people needed a first class directory and community as a way to showcase haunts we wanted a site that was a love letter to halloween and haunted houses the way houses october built was and continues to be did you ever watch that? Uh, I believe I did. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't care for it. Yeah, it's yeah. again. I know that it was like well received and stuff. So obviously it has an audience. But again, I'm not. I'm just not it. And you know, it was found footage. So that alone was yeah bothersome. They made a sequel to it, didn't they? They did. I never saw the sequel. I don't think I did either. Um. Yeah. I, I like that they're shooting at real haunts. That was yeah. cool. Um. But yeah, the whole found footage thing didn't do it for me. But also the fact that they were filming at Real Haunts kind of made it difficult to follow the story, I think. Yeah. Because it's like, obviously the people in the haunts are not part of the movie. They're not scripted. They don't have lines. Like, they're just out there doing their thing. Yeah. So, they had to kind of work around that. Uh, but as far as Haunt Society, uh, you go to the website, you enter your zip code, or you can just press the, you know, find haunts near me and give access to your location. A handy map will be automatically pulled up that pinpoints all of the local haunted attractions you can find in your area. According to a press release, known for their film series, the house's October built, Zach Andrews and Bobby Rowe have traveled across the globe and experienced over 100 haunted houses over the last 15 years, witnessing firsthand the magnificent haunt community up close, professionally and personally. There you go. I was looking at it a little earlier. Looks, uh, yeah, pretty, pretty extensive. Yeah, like I'm looking at here, you know, relative to where I am here. Uh, I've got Fright House Station in Tacoma, Georgetown Morgue, which we, we've been to. Mm-hmm. And then some ones I've ever, never heard of. Of course, they look like they're a little further away. Yeah, the Nile, Nile Nightmare up north. Yeah, we, which we, yeah, we went to, <laughs> been that. to that one as well. Um, probably, I'm assuming one of those two will probably be the ones we head up this year if we find time. Yeah, there's Stalker Farms too, which I've heard great things about, but I don't know if you've ever been in snohomish during october yeah you have yeah it's fucking crowded everywhere like because you know there are a lot of farms out there and a lot of them have like corn mazes and oh, yeah, patches yeah. and then the stalker farms that does or actually it's is it walker farms like the, the, the actual farm i think it's like i think it's walker but I, I could be wrong but they do stalker farms. It's it's actually stalker farms, but it's spelled like S T O C K E R. Oh, okay. I knew it wasn't actually stalker. Um, but yeah, like we, I wanted to go to it, but then we drove past it because we were just up there, like hitting up, like doing antique shops and shit like that. Um, and there was a fucking line, like, I mean, like a line of cars, like going out into the road. Fuck. Damn. 
It's like, I don't have the patience for that. Yeah. But anyway. Yeah. Last year we did a, a drive through haunt, which was, I mean, it, it was cool, but mm-hmm. obviously, you know. Less cool. It's, it's like the hand job of haunts. It's, sure, like, yeah. it's pretty good, but you know what I really want. <laughs> uh, yeah. But, um, but like, especially being in the driver's seat, like you got three mirrors, so it's hard for people to kind of sneak up on you. Yeah. Um, okay. Anyway. Oh, was there more? Uh, no, that's it. So, I mean, yeah, check out hauntsociety.com. Um, like I said, go support your local haunts. Tony and I have both worked in haunts. We appreciate going to haunts. We have friends who work, still work in haunts. So, uh, yeah, we're very supportive of, of the haunt community. And like Tony said, a lot of them are, you know, fundraisers for other things. So, yeah. Yeah. A lot of them support like rotary clubs and, um, you know, like, hospitals and, and shriners shriners the nile nightmare supports the shriners right um so yeah it, it's 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 not only important for the halloween season and community um it's also important for like local communities because there a lot of them i mean the bigger ones you know they might be uh you know for profit organizations that you know they collect admission and it goes back into the event where they, you know, continue to build their event. But then there are nonprofit ones like um, Nightmare at uh, Beaver Lake. Um, that's it's a nonprofit. I, I think it might be actually yeah, like a nonprofit organization. Like, like a 503. Yeah. Um, I, I could be wrong, but, you know, they support their local rotor, rotary club up in uh, Sammamish. Or is it Isqua? I don't know. Those towns get so confusing up there. Um so, yeah, it's kind of a, a bummer that a lot of them can't operate this year or last year for that matter, and that I'm sure their attendance is way down. So go out and support where you can. Yep. So anybody keeping their ear to the ground may have heard recently that the legal uh, battle over the rights to Friday the 13th have finally been settled. <clears throat> settled meaning that Victor Miller apparently won, which... I believe in contracts. And I believe that when you sign a contract, you should abide by that contract. And that there shouldn't be some kind of legal precedent to get you out of the contract. If you don't know how to... St- you know, negotiate for yourself, you need to hire a lawyer. If you don't know how to read a contract, you shouldn't sign it. <laughs> but that's what Victor Miller did back in 1978 or 79 or whatever, whenever he was hired to write the script for Friday the 13th. And we've talked about this before, um, that there's a, a, a recent law. Was it recent? I think it was fairly recent. Let's say so there, there's a law that allows, after a certain period of time, for original contract uh, signers to basically terminate the trademark of their of their contract um, and renegotiate terms and basically return their you know IPs to to their uh, property possession. 
That's the word. <laughs> um, and that's been happening with Friday the 13th for several years at this point. And we've talked about it multiple times on the show. Um, between Sean Cunningham, the original director, producer, blah, 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 of the Friday the 13th series, and Victor Miller, who was hired to write a spec script um, for the original movie. Actually, I guess it wasn't spec. He was pretty much given it's like plot points, but you know, make the rest yourself. So he developed the characters of Jason Voorhees, uh, Pamela Voorhees, Camp Crystal Lake, all that. Those are all his concepts. But he was hired to write the script. He didn't have any possession of that script once it was handed over to the filmmakers. And so he has he has not been receiving you know, the royalties you might think that somebody would have received over the course of the years. But that was his contract. He signed a shitty contract. It happens all the time, unfortunately. Anyway, uh, but after a long legal battle, he finally won back the rights to the Friday the 13th um, characters, I guess, the original concept. What the finer details of that are, I'm not totally sure. I think Sean Cunningham still retains the rights to basically everything after Friday the 13th Part 2. So who gets the name? Part 1. So... I believe, I believe Victor Miller owns the name Friday the 13th. He owns the names Pamela and Jason Voorhees. What I, so what Sean Cunningham owns is everything from Friday the 13th part two on. He owns the imagery of adult Jason the hockey mask, you know, machete-wielding killer, um, and all the lore that's been set in in the series beyond the first movie. And I've, I've said this before on the show, I think that's easily sidestepped by just never using the name Camp, you know, Crystal Lake, never using the name Voorhees. Yeah. Again. Like at can, this point, you can get away with just saying Jason. Yeah. I mean, it's like, it's like what... Um, um, Ah, shit, who was it? MGM that made the the new Child's Play. And, I think so. Yeah, and then um, totally spacing out his name. Mancini. Man, think yeah. Man, Mancini is off making his Chucky TV series. So MGM owns the name Child's Play. Mancini owns Chucky as a character. I think it's kind of the same similar concept. Just basically, basically split properties well, yeah that's why they stopped being called child's play yeah uh yeah although the new series is called child's play i'm not sure what's going on there but is it i think so or is it called it chucky called, i thought it was just called chucky um but mgm owns the name chuck or child's play so when mancini went to universal they started yeah you know bride of chucky seed of chucky curse of chucky oh it is called chucky okay yeah so I mean, they could. And that's why the remake had a, a buddy doll. Yeah, um, I think that Sean Cunningham could easily do something similar. So I don't know what Victor Miller thinks he's getting out of it. Um, he's gonna go reboot it, probably. Probably with fucking LeBron James, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, in the midst of all that shit, there have been numerous fan films. 
surrounding the Friday the Thirteenth universe uh, that have come out. Some that they're all very novel. Some have been better than others, namely, never hike alone and never hike in the snow, or never hike alone. Shit. Never hike in the snow or never hike alone in the snow? I'm pretty sure it was just never hike in the snow. Okay. Um, yeah, dire- yeah. Never hike in the snow. Okay, yeah. Uh, um, director uh, Vincent... Fuck, why can't I remember names? Because you're stupid. I am stupid. Jesus. I got it. You keep talking. Okay. Well, the director, Vincent... Uh, some DeSanti. DeSanti. Some, some eye-tie name. <laughs> He can say that he's Italian. I can say that. That's my word. <laughs> um, oh, Jesus. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so so far he has made two short fan films. Sorry, three? Because he made... Yeah, he was... He initially... Also, it's like it's Vincente DeSanti. There's an E at the end. That's right. Um... So he has conceptualized a, uh, a, um, a, th- a three film story, short films. So it's Never Hike Alone, or Never Hike Alone, Never Hike in the Snow. And I want to say the third one was supposed to be Never Hike Alone, too. But. So here's, here's what I'm seeing in, on his IMDb page. Uh, there's Never Hike Alone, Never Hike Alone 2, Never Hike Again, Never Hike Alone 3, Jason Takes Crystal Lake, Never Hike Alone 4, The Final Hike, uh, and then Never Hike in the Snow. I don't know that most of those exist. <laughs> <laughs> and I could be wrong. I tried to follow this closely and just it, I kind of lost track of it. Um, but, uh, anyway, but so his company, or, uh, DeSantis company, Womp Stomp Films, um, they've basically keeping the, been keeping the Friday the 13th dream alive. Um, and you know, not, like I said, not only keeping the dream alive, but encouraging other filmmakers to keep the dream alive as well. Uh, DeSantis story follows, uh, the the story set out from the first six Friday the Thirteenth films because um, it includes um, uh, Tommy Jarvis in one of the sequels. Um, but anyway, he Wompstop Films has announced that they are planning a feature length sequel to Never Hike Alone, titled Never Hike Alone Two. Uh, DeSanti says, uh, after losing a year due to COVID and receiving honest feedback about the miniseries idea, we decided that we will attempt to crowdfund our next installment as a full feature film instead of separate episodes. Okay. So that, that, uh, that was apparently what was going to happen. They were making separate films, but now they're just going to combine it all into one. Okay. Cause they're all listed on their website, but there's like no information. It's like a poster and then like a brief synopsis. Yeah. I remember there being several posters for movies that hadn't even come out yet. Um, interesting that they're all on IMDb and not say, they don't say like in production or pre-production or anything like that. Yeah. Um, uh, 
says, uh, doing this will require us to run three separate campaigns over the course of the next year to raise the required funding. Um, let's see. So, Never Hike Alone, The Ghost Cut, which is a play on the name of Ghost Jason, because Jason in this film is a, a ghost, from, from what I can tell. I, I, it's been a while since I watched the first one, so I can't remember exactly how it played out, but I th- think it was kind of ambiguous so whether or not he's a ghost or real. So don't quote me on that. Um, so yeah, Never Hike Alone will get a ghost cut um, and its own home video campaign in October of this year. And Never Hike Alone... Uh, the Never Hike Alone 2 campaign uh, is expected to launch in March of 2022. Uh, Womp Stomp says, trust us when we say you are not going to miss this one. And you know what? I think they're probably right. You're not going to want to miss this one. Hmm? You're not going to want to miss this one. What did I say? You said you're not going to miss this one. Oh, that's what I meant. <laughs> We will come to your house and hold your fucking eyes open. <laughs> so according, to IMDb, orange. <laughs> according to IMDb, uh, the ghost cut includes Disappear, Never Hike in the Snow, and Never Hike Alone cut into one cohesive anthology timeline with additional scenes and very special guest appearances by Friday the 13th alumni. Hmm. Yeah, I know. Um, uh, uh, shit. My memory is going to hell. Tom Matthews um, and uh, uh, <laughs> uh, Vincent Gustafaro, who played uh, the sheriff deputy. <laughs> Pastori. <laughs> Pastori. <laughs> um, they both were in, let's see, Tom Matthews was in two of them, I believe. And uh, Gustafaro was in one and i believe he is now the sheriff yep sheriff rick cologne yeah um <coughs> excuse me deborah Voorhees, no relation is also in it oh yeah deborah Voorhees, who is hosting the 13th fanboy right or sorry not hosting directing the 13th fanboy starred in friday the 13th part five <clears throat> the only one to not include jason <laughs> actually i guess technically the first one didn't either but let's it, count the very end. Well, I mean, if that's the case, then you have to include part five because Jason appeared in uh, a vision of Tommy's or a flashback, yada, yada, yada. <clears throat> anyway, um, yeah, if you guys have not seen Never Hike in the Snow or hike, Never Hike Alone or Never Hike in the Snow, uh, it's a big recommend for me. Um, they are definitely passion projects. You can definitely get the feel of the original Friday the 13th series. And I'm not talking about when they changed hands and new line and the movies kind of started falling apart. Um, yeah, this is like original, like paramount Friday the 13th stuff. So definitely check it out. Um, and like they're called short films, but like Never Hike Alone is 50 minutes. Yeah, it's it's only a short film because it's like two-thirds the length of a normal movie. Right. Um, anyway, so yeah, 
look out for that, guys. So, uh, vampire film, since this is Week of the Vampire. As you can see. Uh, Let the Right One In has officially been ordered to series by Showtime. Uh, the series has been given a 10-episode order with a cast that includes Annika Noni Rose, Grace Gummer, Madison Taylor Baez, Kevin Carroll, Ian Foreman, and Jacob Buster. I don't know any of those people. Me neither. <laughs> uh, the series, this series version centers on Mark... Bashir, which was not one of the names I just said. Well. <laughs> and his daughter, Eleanor, uh, played by Madison Taylor Baez. I always like the way that uh, uh, Michael says Eleanor on Good Place. <laughs> uh, whose lives were changed forever 10 years earlier when she was turned into a vampire. Locked in at age 12, perhaps forever, Eleanor lives a closed-in life, able to go out only at night, while her father does his best to provide her with the human blood she needs to stay alive. Good luck having more than one season of this, because 12-year-olds age fast. Yeah. You know, it's hard to make things like that with children. I mean, just in general, like Stranger Things. Like, I saw the, the teaser for the new season of Trailer Things. I was like, who are all these grown-ass people yeah. in this trailer? Like Lucas has a fucking high top fade. <laughs> <laughs> um, and yeah, like, you know, think of like, uh, like uh, Buffy slash Angel, you know, David Boreanaz. He was in his late 20s when Buffy started, I think. And, you know, his total appearances ranged for about 10 years, I think, ish. You know, he is already an adult. Yeah, he aged, but it was much less noticeable because he wasn't also getting taller. You know, his voice wasn't dropping. <laughs> he, he wasn't getting hair in weird, weird places. places. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, with children, I don't know how you how you do that. Yeah, especially if she's supposed to be locked in at age twelve forever. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you want to do it for more than maybe two seasons, then you're gonna have to recast. Yep. Especially that age, because that's when they start growing a lot. Right. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> you know, when when you're like 16, 17, it kind of slows down a little bit. Mm -hmm. But that age, they're fucking grown like bean poles. Uh, Andrew Hinderaker is the showrunner. Uh, he worked on Away. Not sure what that is. Uh, and Seth Mann from Homeland is directing. Uh, this project hails from Tomorrow Studios, who have been trying to get a Let the Right One In series off the ground for the last several years, previously set up at both A&E and TNT. And then they were given a, a pilot by Showtime, I guess, before they even made the pilot. Showtime's like, whatever, fuck it, just have, have a season, who cares? <laughs> yeah, we're not doing anything else. <laughs> like, we're Showtime. Like, we, people, people come to us for boxing, and that's it. Like, <laughs> we need something. I mean, you know, we used to get a lot of traffic with it when we were running Homeland, but uh, now just <laughs> they're like, Seth, we owe you a favor. Like, actually, they're bringing back. Like, they had Dexter too, which oh, they're yeah. bringing back. That's true. So they they had a good run for a while. <laughs> and you can watch Vampire in Brooklyn on Showtime. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
my copy. Don't die. Okay. <laughs> I'm good. Uh, I was not a fan. I never actually never saw it. Let the right one in, but I did see the American remake. Let me in. Uh, wasn't wasn't really a fan. <clears throat> um, I tried to watch let the <coughs> let the right one in. <coughs> I turned it off. I just couldn't stay with it. Yeah, it was like I'm I'm fucking bored out of my mind here. Um, and then I don't I don't think I ever actually watched the the remake. I know it had Casey Jones in it. But that's pretty much all I know about it. Also had Chloe Grace Moritz. Oh, that's right. Cool. But if you enjoyed either of those, uh, maybe check this out on Showtime in the future. It it sounds different than what I recall the movie being about. Yeah. It you know it sounds like Maggie. Yeah. God, there's a there's a call back to an early early episode yeah like episode 10 or something like that cool all right so um a few years ago, MTV was running a Teen Wolf series, and we talked about this again on an, on an early episode, how conceptually it sounds sounded stupid, and how they're just, we compared it to the Scream series, remember, as like, well, the Scream series has nothing to fucking do with the original movie, uh, it's just shitty teen actors doing shitty teen acting, you know, why would anybody want to watch it? Uh, and then Teen Wolf started, and I had the same frame of mind, but I actually ended up watching it. It wasn't half bad for the first two, three seasons, anyway. It started to kind of fall off towards the end. <clears throat> but, I mean... The, it, the cast of Teen Wolf did that Charlie Brown thing, right? Like, if John Carpenter did Charlie Brown for Funny or Die? Wasn't that the cast of Teen Wolf? Uh, that sounds really familiar. I, I, I don't know for sure, but I, th- I think you're right. I know Rachel Bloom played Lucy ran around in her bra. All right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> anyway, but yeah, it ran for, God, probably four or five seasons, I think. Um, and ended a few years ago, but apparently it's being, uh, picked up again by Paramount Plus. Um, Paramount Plus, it's a new streaming service, uh, obviously. It was a uh, rebranding of CBS All Access, which basically went nowhere. Because it was CBS. <clears throat> yeah. It's like, I'm not going to pay to watch fucking Star Trek. Sorry. Right. All the people that would watch CBS are too old to know what streaming is. Yeah. It's like, well, I'll watch the NCIS when it comes on. It's like, Grandma, do you have CBS All Access? Is that Channel 7? <laughs> I have that. <clears throat> no grandma it's not channel seven yeah i remember channel seven is, isn't even hd <laughs> <laughs> um yeah Kristen wanted to get it because she she liked criminal minds even though like we both stopped watching it because it had gotten s- just so ridiculous and repetitive um <clears throat> but she wanted to get param or sorry cbs all access uh 
which was like another 10 bucks on top of everything else we're paying for for streaming uh and uh just so she could watch one season or like one or two seasons of criminal mind it's like no do not do that <laughs> Um, we were going to do the, the free trial just to watch Twilight Zone. Mm. Um, and then we just never did. See, I got it to watch one of the movies. Did you say Vampire Brooklyn was on Showtime? Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's also on Paramount+. Plus. Okay, because I think I, I signed up for the free trial to watch Vampire in Brooklyn. Ah. But anyway, yeah, so you know, CBS All Access was just strictly like CBS shows. And it's like... Okay, maybe if I was, you know, 60 years old, I might be a little more interested in this. Well, it was like even their exclusives were like a new series of Star Trek. Yeah. It's like, sorry, I don't care that much. Yeah. Um, uh, but now they've rebranded as Paramount Plus and they've basically done the same thing that HBO Max and Disney have done um, or Disney Plus have done. And they've brought all of their properties together under one umbrella. So we're talking about, uh, you know, CBS, MTV, Nickelodeon. I thought MTV was Viacom. It's all, they're all Viacom. Oh, Viacom is part of Paramount? Yeah, I don't think Viacom's a company anymore. Oh, okay. Um, But yeah. uh, Shows you (laughs) last time I watched MTV. (laughs) Um, But yeah, and and, uh, I think Turner Classic Movies, or no, is that, it's HBO Max. I don't know. They've they've got a bunch of different brands basically under one. Yeah, because that's Turner. Hmm? Turner Classic Movies is Turner. Well, Turner doesn't own Turner anymore. No, uh, Warner owns Turner. That's right. Um. Anyway, but yeah, there's there's probably like six or seven different brands on Paramount Plus, which is pretty cool because like they have Nickelodeon and they have a bunch of old Nickelodeon shows, including right now in October they have. Uh, like a bunch of Halloween episodes. Can you actually watch all the Halloween episodes through? I don't know, but they are all in like a, a, a panel. Because I was bitching about this yesterday to anyone that would listen. Yeah, <laughs> that I hate when like because like Peacock has this collection of Halloween episodes for you know Parks and Rec, The Office, Psych. Oh, well, Peacock's pretty much useless. And so like you go to it and it lists all the episodes, and you watch one. Instead of going to the next Halloween episode, it goes to the next chronological episode. I'm like, why do you make this collection if I can't just binge the collection? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I haven't experienced that, but I definitely know what you mean because I've had similar things happen. I've had it happen on Peacock, on Disney Plus, on Hulu. Yep. It's like, don't make the collection. Like, it, it's... You're halfway there. <laughs> like, go go all the way. Yeah, living on a prayer. Because you're halfway there. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> um, also, Paramount Plus does not have Pete and Pete, so they can go to hell. They don't? No, nobody has fucking Pete and Pete. The only way you can watch Pete and Pete online is YouTube or buy the DVDs. I'll be damned. I guess I didn't notice. I don't know why it's so hard to get goddamn Pete and Pete on any streaming network, but I want to watch some goddamn Pete and Pete. <laughs> Because I love that show. Um, One of these days, I want to have a like Pete and Pete themed costume party. That'd be dope. Dibs I mean, on Artie. <laughs> I mean, you could only have like maybe like a dozen people come. Yeah. 
Or you're going to have to get some really obscure characters. Yeah. Uh, you have to be Mr. Swirly. I was going to say, Mr. Swirly. have to make the big plastic head. Someone should just come as a bowling ball. As a bowling ball? Yeah, because remember Artie would always fight the bowling ball? Jeez, I don't remember that. Um, or you could be, uh, I can't remember his name, Mr. Swirly's nemesis that was played by Michael Stipe. I was going to say, who, who did Michael Stipe play? It was the other ice cream man. It was like Mr. Scummy or something like that. <laughs> uh, anyway. But yeah, so Paramount Plus. Um, oh, it's it, Mr. Tasty, not Mr. Swirly. Okay, because in my head I was thinking Tasty, but then you said Swirly, so I thought I had it wrong. Captain Scrummy. I was I was close. <laughs> Who would buy ice cream for a man named that? <laughs> Like, not only is he disgusting looking, he's all, like, dirty and pimply, but, like, his ice cream looked disgusting, too. <laughs> I remember him looking like a chimney sweep or something. Yeah, he's got, like, a little, like, a captain's hat on, but it's all, like, dirty and ripped. And he's got, like, a dirty, like, a filthy, disgusting blue striped shirt on. And his ice cream's, like, half melted and kind of looks like poop on a stick. <laughs> uh, anyway... So, yeah, Teen Wolf is coming back to Paramount Plus. Jeremy. Jeremy is Captain Scrubby. From original creator Jeff Davis, um, they already in talks with the original cast, which seems weird because, like, it seemed like, especially Dylan Walsh, is that his name? Guy that was in, like, Maze Runner. Dylan McDermott. Yeah. You know, (laughs) nicest guy in Hollywood. Um, no, I think it's Dylan Walsh, I think is his name. Um, he played Styles. Um and Dylan I, O'Brien? Is that his name? Th- that's the only Dylan I see. Okay. Oh, wait, there's a Dylan Sprayberry. Dylan O'Brien played Styles. Okay. Um and who's Dylan Walsh? It's gotta be someone. I wouldn't <laughs> just come up with that. Um anyway, so yeah, I would have thought that he would be out like trying to start up his film career. Or, you know, continuous film career. Dylan Walsh is from Nip Tuck. Ah, yes. Um, but anyway, so... Uh, I mean, it just says they're in talks. It doesn't uh, say that these people have signed on to oh, anything I, yet. So. Sorry, okay. I'm getting ahead of myself. This is a movie. Yeah, yeah. I thought they were starting a new uh, series. Uh, and also, uh, um, Tyler Hoechlin. Hoechlin? Hawkland? I don't know. Hoakland? I'm not sure how it's pronounced. Me neither. Um I he's he's playing Superman in, in Superman and Lois on CW, so I would think he'd be pretty busy with that. So I don't know if he'll actually be back. Um but yeah, in the new movie, a terrifying evil has emerged in the town of Beacon Hills. The wolves are howling once again, calling for the return of banshees, were coyotes, hellhounds, kitsunis. And every other shapeshifter in the night. But only a werewolf like Scott McCall, no longer a teenager yet still an alpha, can gather both new allies and reunite trusted friends to back, to fight back against what could be the most powerful and deadliest enemy they've ever faced. Okay, I'm, a little, I'm, I'm glad this is a movie because I think that at this point the show has pretty much run its course. Yeah. But I think they could probably get a good hour and a half out of it. Um, yeah, um, the guy who played Scott, um, Tyler Posey, Tyler Posey, um, 
you know, when they cast him, I'm like, I don't know. When they cast the show and they, you know, they started running it, I watched a few episodes. I'm like, this is so substantially different than the movie. And it's, it's a drama. It's not like a comedy or, you know, lighthearted movie like the movie, like the original movie was. Like, where did they even get this? It's like, you know, his team isn't the Beavers. He doesn't play basketball. He plays lacrosse because that's what fucking suburbanite kids do now, apparently. Play lacrosse. Where, where does it take place? Um, God, does it even... Say? I think it's California. Nobody <laughs> plays lacrosse in California. No, it's, it's a Northeast thing. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it was filmed up in BC, so. Of course it was. So it has to take place like somewhere in central California because that looks the most like, uh, Canada. Or Seattle. Huh? Or Seattle. Or Seattle. Um, anyway, but yeah, you know, like I said, it's, yeah. it was a pretty. Fictional California town of Beacon Hills. Okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, it was a pretty solid show for, like I said, at least the first season season or two. Um, after that, it kind of started to fall off. But if they can get like their core cast back and get a good hour and a half out of it, I'd say it'd be worth their time. Could be cool. Yeah. Oh, that's right. I, thought, I forgot Seth Gilliam was in it. Gabriel from Walking Dead. Hmm. Uh, anyway, did I miss anything in here? Is that pretty much it? I think you got it. Okay. Well, look out for that coming at you 2022. Oh, yeah. Grab your tennis shoes and your canoe and your old flat top guitar, your fishing pole, your tent full of holes, and throw it in the back of the car. Was that Macho Man or Kool-Aid Man? Hmm? Was that Macho Man or Kool-Aid Man? Yes. <laughs> it was Macho Kool-Aid Man. Yeah, it was Macho Man cosplaying as Kool-Aid Man. <laughs> he smashes through the wall and then drops the elbow. <laughs> <laughs> Did you? Uh, the episode of Brooklyn... Actually, this might be a newer episode now I'm thinking about it, but Brooklyn 99 when Terry finally smashes through a wall. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. I'm not the Kool-Aid man. <laughs> it's so funny how, like, he's so sensitive about his body. I mean, it, I, I wouldn't think he'd be so comfortable with that, considering, like, he's had, like, um, sexual harassment. Yeah. Uh, not with him being the sexual harasser, but being harassed. Uh, you know, a pretty public thing. Mm-hmm. Just in the recent past, so. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, not talking about any of that. <laughs> Previously on the show, we watched a Polish slasher called uh, Nobody Sleeps in the Woods Tonight. Taylor, are you Polish? <laughs> I'm so tired. Drive me three blocks. Oh, no, I'm, I'm not a cab. <laughs> I was like, no, I'm Irish and you're and English. Like, we're going to have a conversation. <laughs> Did he ask if you were Polish? I got to give those guys a ride, kid. Welcome to Brooklyn. (laughs) Uh, Nobody Sleeps in the Woods Tonight, uh, announced recently as part of Netflix's upcoming Netflix and Chills lineup, hosted by Elvira. Hey. 
Uh, is Nobody Sleeps in the Woods Tonight Part 2? Duh. Part duh. This will premiere on Netflix on October 27th. Uh, it is a continuation of the first film based on a screenplay by Morella. Oh, my God. Uh, <laughs> Good luck. Morella Zradkowicz and Bartos M. Kowalski, uh, who also directed the first film. Uh, Adas is a young, lonely, unhappy policeman from a small village in Podlace. Pod, Podlacy. Good enough. Uh, ignored by his colleagues and... B- Ignored by his colleagues and beautiful and extremely confident. What are you, me? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was weirdly worded if you don't know what comes next. It's ignored by his colleagues and beautiful. What? <laughs> ignored by his colleagues and beautiful, extreme beautiful and extremely confident Vanessa. I think it's probably Vanessa. Just because <clears throat> it's European. It's because it's Polish. Well, e- Eastern European countries. Oh no, I guess Poland isn't that. But you know. Usually, if you see... They switch them. Yeah. They say vodka. <laughs> right. <laughs> You've heard movies. <laughs> the shy boy... Oh, it's taking me forever to get through this fucking sentence. The shy boy is looking for his place in the world. In the sequel, we will also learn more about the fate of Zosia, who will show a completely new and surprising face. Just, just wearing somebody else's face. Likely. The film is a perverse, ironic, grotesque, and bloody story about looking for love and discovering one's own self in a world that divides us more than it unites us. It's a slasher that will turn genre rules upside down this time. Yep. I think I remember us both liking the first one. If I, yeah, if I remember right, it was uh, pretty solid. Yeah. Let's see. I don't know if it... Uh, if it... Whoa. I don't know if it immediately lent itself to a sequel. I don't remember how it ended. Oh, God, I don't remember how it ended either. But, you know, slashers just in, uh, you know, on their own um, tend to lend themselves pretty well to sequels. And even if they don't, they'll, they'll still just make them. True. Did we watch it last year? Probably. Wow. Man, fucking time is weird. Yep. Tail end of last year. Last episode before our yeah, before our Hanukkah episode. Yeah, we both gave it seven, so solid. Not so bad. Um and I mean with this being on Netflix, yeah, sure, I'll check it out. Yeah, I mean it was dubbed, which I appreciated. Yeah. Um, because I fucking hate subtitles. Especially in something like a slasher. How am I supposed to watch a slasher with subtitles? There's shit going on on screen. I can't be focused on people. I can't. I can't be reading a fucking book and watching a movie at the same time. But I feel like when people are like getting slashed, there's not really any dialogue. I mean, it's not like it shows up at the bottom of the screen and says "ah." <laughs> <laughs> and if it does, you don't need to read that because. Do you? I, this this may be exclusive to my wife, but does. Does Lynn uh, ever watch shows with the captions on? No. Okay. Uh, I do sometimes because I am losing my fucking hearing. But yeah, <laughs> um, I fucking hate it because it's distracting because I end up reading more than I'm actually watching. Yeah. Um, but yeah, she has the captions on all the fucking time, um, and uh, it's funny to read them sometimes because there'll be like music in the background. And it's like this is like music. 
Well, no, it'll like say the lyrics of the song. Oh, that's obnoxious. Or or sometimes it'll say like the title and the artist. It's yeah. Like, how's a deaf person even gonna know what the fuck that sounds like? <laughs> Why does it matter? That's true. It's not like I'm gonna look it up later. Um Yeah. yeah like the way our apartment is laid out, somehow when she's on the other side of the wall in the den, which is you know, it's like the, the wall doesn't go all the way to the ceiling. Yeah. Um Somehow the TV is louder in there than it is in the living room because I'll have it where I can barely hear it. And she'll just be like, can you turn that down? Mm. I'm like, no. <laughs> yep. So then I watch with the captions on or go in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to. That that room where we usually record at your place, like I have to assume that's something to do with like a fire code or something. Oh, yeah, since it doesn't have windows, the wall can't go all the way. Right. Yeah, you have to have a second egress. Yeah. <clears throat> okay. So, yeah, uh, Nobody Sleeps in the Woods tonight, part two, October 27th, hosted by Elvira. Hey. 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 All right. That's going to do it for Horbus, guys. You know what we do from here. We talk vampires. That's right. Blah, blah, blah. All right, everyone. So we're going to talk about some vampire movies, as this is Week of the Vampire. Uh, we're, uh, but specifically, we're going to be talking about uh, vampires, in, vampires in New York. Hey, forget about it. Hey, yo. I don't know, that's, that's always, every, every time New York comes up, you have to say, forget about it. Oh, uh, yeah. Forget about it. Every, every time you say New York, you got to say, uh, forget about it. Forget about it. And every time you uh, are talking like you're from New York, you gotta sound like you're from Long Island. Long, it's lo- Long Island. You gotta, you gotta <laughs> hit the G real hard. Long Island. It's like like an island of guys from a lawn, like a lawn guy land. <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. So uh, yeah, we're scheduling. The, so okay. Yeah, tell them what happened, Tony. Yeah, real quick. <laughs> so we recorded these uh, these reviews before, um, and if this sounds a little different than our normal audio, uh, that's that's because um, I somehow managed to write over it, right over the reviews uh, sound with uh, another recording. So that was just gone. And uh, I was editing the episode, and I pull up the the reviews file, and I see that they're not the right ones, and I almost lost my shit. Like, I was so fucking angry that myself at the situation, like, I mean, we talked about this before we started recording what likely happened. But I, I didn't remember that time. So I was just so mad because I could not figure out what happened. Um, and, you know, like, I had been working all day. And then my kid was being a fucking pill. And my wife was getting mad because the kid was being a pain in the ass. <clears throat> and so I was getting mad because my wife was getting mad. And the kid was being a, a, a fucking nuisance. And I'm trying to edit this episode. And it's getting close to bedtime. And I'm not done yet. 
and I finally get the um, uh, the the horror business portion done because my computer was also running slow. So that that was another thing. Um, and then yeah, I pull up the reviews and I'm just gonna tack it on. I'm gonna get that done real quick because that's actually the fastest part of the edit, whole editing process. And I pl- start playing it just to hear the sound quality. And it's the start of another episode. In fact, next week's episode. And I'm like, oh my god. <laughs> and I check the file. Oh no. Yeah. I check the other file. And it was the same recording. I'm like, so I saved this fucking thing twice. Awesome. And I, I managed to save one of them over the, the, the original recording. So, great. And I was just ready to, like, start, like, slamming my laptop against the wall. <laughs> but, that wouldn't have helped. No, it would have made things worse, actually. <laughs> but I have half an episode ready. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> and um, next week's ready. <laughs> and next week is ready, yeah. Um, anyway, so, yeah, so we're doing this again. Um, and uh, hopefully we can recapture the magic. I know that when we re-record... Reviews in particular, it's like we're trying to, you know, cause, you know, with our joking and stuff, we try to re- re- remake that somehow, and it's it's not quite as, uh, you know, tasty as it was the first time. So, but, well, the good news is I've been drinking. Oh, good. I should have been drinking. That would have made this so much better. Um, anyway, yeah, so we were talking about two vampire movies, uh, specifically Vampires vs. the Bronx and Vampire in Brooklyn, which is a movie I honestly never thought we'd be doing on the show, but here we are. But you know, uh, we're in New York, right? <laughs> Welcome to Welcome Brooklyn. Welcome to Brooklyn, kid. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Taylor, which one would you like to start with? I mean, let's start with Vampire in Brooklyn. For centuries, they have roamed the earth. Fearsome creatures of the night, endlessly seeking to satisfy an unyielding hunger. Now, the world's last vampire is about to encounter something infinitely more terrifying than himself. Brooklyn. Interesting. I've been stabbed, and I've been hanged. Even broken on the rack once, but I've never been shot before. It kind of itches a little. Paramount Pictures presents... If you're hungry, I'll run you down to KFC down the street and hit you off with a two-piece. I already had Italian. Eddie Murphy. Do I look like I would bite you? Angela Bassett. You bet not. Not after the day I've had. Eddie Murphy. Everything! Come on! Move it! Yeah, yeah, right. There's a lot of love in this room. Look at this. And Eddie Murphy. Bottom line, brothers and sisters, what I'm trying to tell you tonight is that evil is good. Let me hear y'all say it. He fails here. Oh! Quickest way to a woman's heart is through the church. It's actually through the ribcage, but that's a bit messy. 
being undead. You got the dropsies. Won't be worth living. I'm a cop. If you uh, try anything funny, I'll shoot you. Women. Vampire in Brooklyn. I would love to have you for dinner. All right. Vampire in Brooklyn. Hey. 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 Oh. Whoa. Hey. Hey. Oh. Hey. Um, so, a va- Vampire in Brooklyn. Uh, Eddie Murphy movie. Uh, directed by Wes Craven, which is something. Heard of him? <laughs> which is something that may come as a shock to a lot of people. Uh, particularly uh, people who see this movie um (laughs) (laughs) actually that's not true honestly Wes Craven like all all kidding aside Wes Craven made more bad movies than he made good ones um but anyway so yeah starring Eddie Murphy starring a slew of people that like you know good actors and funny people by all rights this movie should have been amazing (laughs) it's also written by Eddie Murphy as well as Charlie Murphy. Charlie Murphy. R.I.P. One love. Um, oh, that's right. I forgot he died. Yeah, man. Uh, anyway, so yeah. Um, so we open up, uh, and it's kind of like this you know, monologue um, from Eddie Murphy's character, Max, or Maximilian. Um, he is a, a vampire, you know, ages old. I don't think he ever says specifically how old he is, does he? Oh god, I don't think so. Okay, it's kind of irrelevant, but um, he uh, is monologuing. He's he's talking about um, it, you know, the vampire kind, how they originated in uh, Egypt, um, you know, centuries ago, um, or I guess millennia ago, um, and. Over time, you know, they expanded out to, he says, like, the, you know, a large portion of their tribe went to the Carpathian Mountains, which you may know as the area where Transylvania is. Um, he said a lot of, uh, a lot of them expanded out into Europe, um, and, you know, basically expanded across the, uh, across the planet. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I don't remember specifically, and this is kind of a, a thing, but he says that he needs to find a member of their tribe um, who sh- is... Does he say he's half vampire at this point, or is that later? Uh, you know, I don't recall. Like, something was telling me I should have rewatched this movie. Cause, like, but then I, I, Common Sense said no... Yeah, it's like, no, I shouldn't do that again. <laughs> um, okay, so he says that he needs to seek out a, 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 a branch. Actually, no, I think he does. I think he does. Okay. So, yeah, he says that he's, he's a half a half vampire or a, a dampier. I don't know if they actually use that term in this movie, but that is... Actually I don't actual, think so. Okay, that is the actual term of a half vampire. Half, half vampire, half human. Uh, as Dampier, as D H A M P I R, um, 
and he says he sees he needs to seek her out and honestly I don't know if this is just bad storytelling or if me just not paying enough attention, but honestly, it, it sounds like, from what I can recall, he never actually says why he needs to seek her out. No, he just says he needs to find her uh, before the next full moon. Yeah. And we don't know why. We, we assume no. it's like to save his own life or maybe to, you know, continue the bloodline or something, but... Honestly, it never really specifically says. But whatever it is, he has to do it. So um, he... Uh, and he wants to dance with her. Right. He's got to dance with her. He just, he's got to dance. Not, he doesn't need to bite her. He doesn't need to, to bang her. He just... He just he, I just want to dance. <laughs> um, <laughs> he... Uh, yeah. Like, because she's already half vampire. So it's like he doesn't need to turn her because it's redundant but um so yeah it starts and once we launch into the actual film itself you know beyond the the uh the monologue it it starts out very similar to to um uh dracula well parts of dracula when dracula arrives in london uh and the ship uh, that he comes to london on the the demeter uh, it crashes into the London Harbor. The same thing here. This freighter just comes long, like full speed ahead into this dock in Brooklyn. Um, and uh, yeah, it just comes come, comes careening towards this towards the dock and towards this uh, dock or boat or the dock house or is it boat house? I don't. Boat I don't house. Ship, yeah. I don't know ship terms. <laughs> I don't um, know ship. <laughs> um he uh yeah so the ship comes careening in and in this uh boathouse is uh Silas played by the the uh ever hilarious uh John Robinson um Witherspoon Witherspoon Robinson where did I get that John <laughs> I have no idea um and uh, also his son Julius, or sorry, nephew Julius, played by Kadeem Hardison. Uh, two absolutely hilarious. AKA guys. Dwayne Wayne. <laughs> yeah, Dwayne Wayne from What's Happening. Um, or was it another? And they're world? watching. We discussed this last time. We, I think I think it was a different world. Okay. Um, they're watching some yeah, kind of like this. play Playboy edition of uh, Family Feud. <laughs> And the, the clue is name something a Playboy would have silk versions of. And Silas is like, "Come on, baby, come on, baby, say sheets, say sheets for me, baby." <laughs> yeah, if you don't know John Witherspoon by name, you would probably recognize him as uh, Craig's dad from from the Friday movies. I think that's probably or as the dad from the Wayne's Brothers. <laughs> sure, Taylor. As the dad from the Wayans Brothers. Because everybody remembers that show. That's what I remember from. <laughs> but the only thing I remember is him going, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> Which he does in this movie. <laughs> it's his thing. It's a gimmick. <laughs> um, anyway, so he... Um, yeah, so the ship comes 
sailing in and just crashes into the dock, crashes into the boathouse. Uh, um, uh, Silas and, and Julius practically shit themselves. Um, and Julius uh, just runs. Yeah, Julius is like, I gotta go. <laughs> and he just takes You're on your off. own. And he's like, I... <laughs> He's like, I got a date tonight. I got to go, which is a complete lie. He's just getting the fuck out. Um, yeah. Uh, and Silas, you know, because he's a man's man, he uh, crawls up into the ship and starts exploring it. And, you know, he the deck is completely empty. But once he gets actually into the, the, uh, the ship itself, um, you know, b- I guess below deck, uh, he starts finding bodies just everywhere. The entire crew is dead, um, and you know, just mutilated and torn to shit. Um, as he's looking around, suddenly he sees this big fucking black wolf just come pacing towards him, and he's losing his shit and falls over. And as he falls, this wolf leaps over him, and. When it lands on the ground, the the wolfish shape shifted into a man, and so flip flops. <laughs> and uh, so Silas is just like, "What happened?" And uh, <laughs> <laughs> so he um, let's see. So that's where we we leave him at this time. Um, See, do we? Is this when Rita we, comes in? Or? We follow Julius. Okay, yeah. So Julius, he has left. He has left the building. He took off, and uh, he's hiding in an alley where uh, a couple of uh, Ginzos find him. Um, and they're like, "Hey, oh, yo, hey, hey whoa, way." Um, there's two. Where do you them. think you're going, hey? <laughs> Uh, there's two of them, and one of them is played by none other than uh, Horace Pinker himself. <laughs> Pastori. Pastori. Um. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. He he owes them money or, or something, so they're about to rough him up and actually just kill him, which never made any sense to me because it's like if somebody owes you money, then why don't you just beat the shit out of them? And like break their thumbs. Know, yeah, I mean there there are so many body parts to break. Just break them one by one, and start adding interest. You know, because if you kill somebody, yeah. they're not going to pay you back. It's just not going to happen. For sure. Yeah. So these uh, these mobsters are ready to shoot Julius, and out of the darkness we hear Max saying, "You know, you should shoot him in the head," uh, because. That's more likely to actually kill him, and so these guys are like, "Hey, yo, hey!" And they hey, yo, whoa, hey! <laughs> and they who's just, this guy? <laughs> and they just start gunning down Max, and he, of course, goes down. He's he's playing possum. He's playing a little possum. And oh wait, oh okay, sorry. I thought that, I thought it started, stopped recording. Um, and uh, yeah, so. He he gets gunned down, and they turn their attention back to Julius, and he stands back up, and he says, "I think this is where he says, you know, I've been, I've been stabbed, 
I've been hung. I've been burned. Um, I've been impaled. You know, I, I've you know, all these different versions of being killed. He says, but I've never been shot before. It it kind of itches. And so this is where he goes after the the, the two Italians and just has you know some fucking Italian food for dinner. Um, he starts as a nice gabagool. As a gabagool, and he, he just starts uh, grubbing down on the garlicky asses. And um, I can say that I'm Italian. You can't say that. I can say that. Um, and uh, yeah. So and then he turns. Or, uh, Julius. He's like, oh, I'm getting the fuck out of here again and uh, takes off and hides in some warehouse. Uh, and, of course, Max finds him right away. He says, you know, I, I like your ambition. Here, have this. And he, like, drips some of his own blood into Mac- into Julius's mouth. And, Blech. Uh, huh? <laughs> and, um, yeah, and he says, okay, now you're my ghoul. You you work for me now, and he's little, like little f- green ghouls. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, he's basically like what uh, you. What? I was just say what? What are your interests? Oh, uh, you know, ghouls. <laughs> ghouls? Yeah, you know, little green ghouls. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Charlie. <laughs> Um, yeah, so Max is just like, you You work for me now. And Julius is like, the fuck I do. So where are we going? Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, and so Mac, uh, Max basically tells him that he's looking for this, this woman who, uh, and he needs to find her before the next uh, full moon. Uh, again, we don't know why. To dance. But to dance. She's Right, he's just got to dance. <laughs> um, and this is where we're introduced. Or he says, uh, but I need to get to my my coffin because the sun will be up soon and I need to sleep. Uh, it's on the ship. So they head back to the sh- uh, shipyard um, or the, the dock or whatever. And by this time, the police have arrived. Uh, um. It's not saying I should save. Sorry, guys. We're using this new th- thing, and it's very confusing. Okay, I saved. It's a. It said I should save every fifteen minutes. It's like okay. Um, do, do it automatically then. Yeah. It's like, don't fucking tell me. You do it. Just do it. <laughs> um. Anyway. Okay. So. They arrive back at the shipyard, and by then, this place is just swarmed with cops uh, and onlookers, um, because it's kind of a big deal. There's a, bun- there's a ship that crashed into the dock with a bunch of dead bodies on it, so the police naturally will take an interest in that kind of thing. Um, it has been, it's being investigated by uh, one uh, uh, detective, Rita. Rita? Uh, Bye-bye to Rita, then. Uh, Rita Vetter, Vetter, you know, Vetter. Is she related to Eddie Vetter? 
Probably. She's probably related to him. She's like, <laughs> Gotta find these vampires here. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ooh, and, yeah. And her partner, Detective Justice. That's his Give first name, y'all. Break. <laughs> it's his only name. <laughs> he's, he's just single, singular name. He's literally just Justice. <laughs> Did um, he legally change his name to Justice because he wanted to be a cop? Probably. Yeah, before he even Or did he want to be a fucking superhero? (laughs) Well, those are his two options, and he figured he could lose either way. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So, he... uh, Yeah, so they're investigating the ship, and while they're on the ship, uh, we learn that Rita has visions. Um, And I think we pretty much well know at this point that Rita is um, this Dampier that Max is looking for. Um, even though she doesn't know it, um, you know her her captain or her her lieutenant, whoever she may be, seems to be concerned about her ability to do her job because her mother just died, so she's kind of you know spacey a little bit. But yeah, we also learned that she has visions, and while she's on this ship, she starts having visions of uh, a woman in our in Max's coffin, or I say coffin. And you think like a like a pine box, you know, the one with like the squared off arches or like a top and stuff like that. No, no, no. This is a big fucking sarcophagus that you'd find like a like a Egyptian mummy in. Um. And uh, I think she opens it up and she she sees herself in there. Um, and starts having visions of I think her mother and. And yeah, just and it's it's kind of hard to interpret at this at this time because you you kind of learn more about it as the movie goes on. Um, and yeah, so like the the bowels of the ship are just really weird. I mean, they're they're dirty and they've got weird like um, like um, Caribbean uh, Caribbean dec- decorations and 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 iconography on on the walls and stuff um you make it sound like a party hmm? you make it sound like a party like there's caribbean decorations everywhere <laughs> it's a tiki theme like just get the rum we're gonna have a fucking party <laughs> um anyway uh so yeah so max you know he he sees her from across the way and, and you know immediately knows who she is and uh he just starts like laying out this really intricate plan to to make sure that she basically only has eyes for him and you know he tells julius that you know, like you said earlier all he needs to do he doesn't need to kiss her he doesn't need to sleep with her he doesn't need to do any of this stuff all he needs to do is uh one dance yeah just dance with her once and that's it. She'll be my. She'll be mine. Um, with a dance. He must have some killer moves, right? Must be a one slick motherfucker. He must dance like fucking. I don't know. MC Hammer or something. <laughs> yes, MC Hammer, known for his very sexy dance moves. Yeah. 
or I don't Michael know, Flatley. Right. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Max is laying out this elaborate plan to um, to, to basically make Rita his. Um, he starts out by meeting her at this club because they're investigating because they, they find the bodies of the dead mobsters in the alley. And so naturally they go to like their bosses to kind of investigate this, find out what's going on. Um, and so this leads them to like a club. I don't know. Like, Was it just, is it just me or does a lot of this not make sense? No, it doesn't. But okay. I, it seems like this this Dr. Zico guy that owns the club or works at the club or something, he seems to like they seem to think that he knows something. Right, but I'm not sure why. Yeah, I don't I don't know. Because he's got a big scar on his face, so he's creepy looking <laughs> and that's suspicious. I mean, other than like, you know, the ship itself having like um like I said, you know, Caribbean and um, like it's very non-specific, but as far as like where in the Caribbean, but I'd say like you know Haitian that that kind of area, uh, that, right. that that style of um of s- stuff, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, and so they're at a club talking to him, and like this is a you know like a like I said a, a Caribbean Jamaican that kind of feel type club. I mean, there's like a reggae band on stage and, um, this is where Max first approaches Rita. Um, first he tries to make her panties wet by stopping a, uh, a cobra from biting her. And then, which why is there a cobra? Yeah. Who fucking puts a cobra in a club? And like this thing manages to break out of its glass enclosure, which I assume was inspired by Max. But, like, yeah, this cobra manages to make its way across the club because it's, like, behind the bars. And so it, it, like, slithers its way across the club somehow and then poses itself to strike at Rita and Max catches it just in time. And then this bartender comes up. He's like, oh, my God, this has never happened before. It's like, oh, okay, well, that gives me little to no comfort. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Maybe don't keep fucking wild animals in your bar. Yeah, especially deadly poisonous ones. Right. <laughs> um. Anyway, so yeah, he's like trying to literally try to make her dance because he wasn't being like, uh, you know, metaphorical. He's he's literally just has to <laughs> dance with her, and somehow this is gonna make her his. Um, and he's trying to persuade her to go dance. Um, and that's when Julius comes up. Julius, at this point, has discovered that the one of the perks of being a ghoul is that his body is literally decaying. So by this point, he looks like fucking death. Um, and I guess this is a good time to point out that like all the makeup in this was done by K and B. Um, you know, obviously pre pre uh, Walking Dead. And you can kind of tell, like, the 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 level of skill that they have now on, like, Walking Dead and all the projects that they've worked on in, like, the last 10 years or so. It wasn't quite there, but still pretty impressive. Yeah. 
Um, anyway, so yeah, <laughs> Julius comes up. He's like, uh, yeah, this is my man, Max. He's, uh, I forget exactly what he says, but basically just fucks up his whole game. Like just saw the, the worst, the worst. Yeah, the worst wingman. He like walks up and he's, I mean, he doesn't say exactly this, but he, it's basically the vibe of like, hey, yo, my man's got a baby arm holding an apple. Like he's going to give you that good <laughs> dick. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and Max is just like, dude, no, <laughs> take a step back. <laughs> you might step it back, man. You're standing on my dick. <laughs> Um. Anyway, so yeah, that just gets fucked up. So throughout the movie, Max is basically just trying everything he can. He's pulling out all the stops to uh, impress Rita, and you know, going as far as to like impersonate people. You know, he has this ability to take anybody's form, uh, any like you know, morph into their to their bodies. Um, he starts by. Uh, this <laughs> this preacher who I don't know preaches or lives out of a van. So you know, his, you know your go-to religious uh, person. Uh, you know, when when you're when you're a crisis of faith, you seek out preacher Polly. He's in his van out back. <laughs> but you could tell that preacher Polly is Eddie Murphy uh, in makeup. And this is kind of like a fat suit. Yeah. This is before um, like Nutty Professor and Meet the Clumps and all those movies. Um, But you can tell that this was like the precursor to that because you you could. This is like kind of where he's like almost developing that character, I think, because he does have a fat suit on. It's not like a big fat one like in the Clumps, but he's got the same voice as uh, Cletus Clump. Yeah. Um, anyway, so yeah, he takes over Preacher Polly's uh, persona um, and in, inspires Rita to basically, you know, be more uh, or lead, lead her more towards Max's direction. And it's funny because when she, as she's talking to him, the I don't know, whoever works at the church uh, says, Preacher Polly, you know, we're waiting on you. <clears throat> And so he drags him into the, into the church, and as soon as he crosses the threshold, his hair starts to smoke. And at the back of the church, he's like, "God damn!" <laughs> and everybody turns and looks. He's like, "God damn!" Anybody who does church inside on a beautiful night like this, <laughs> good save. <laughs> so he takes the entire congregation outside and preaches from, I don't know, like a balcony or something. Yeah, and basically convinces this whole congregation that uh, bad is you know evil is good because you know he uses the logic that without good without evil there can't be good you know they're they're two halves of a coin and so he says by you know so technically evil is good and you know he gets everybody into it everybody starts you know clapping their hands the choir gets into it talking talk about how evil's good um, and. Uh, yeah, and so he's just throwing up roadblocks in front of Justice, who's a, uh, starting to show interest in Rita, uh, making Rita think that um, Justice slept with her uh, roommate when it was actually Max sleeping with her. 
Just giving that deep fucking. That good dick. That good dick. Mm-hmm. 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 <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um... <laughs> I wonder how many people actually... Stir. We just did. Stir. <laughs> um, Stir. <laughs> yeah, so he gives, the, gives her that good fucking and then kills her. Mm-hmm. And then... <laughs> It's involuntary. I'm sorry. Let me get through this. It's like when someone says "to be fair," like you just have to go to be fair. To be fair. Um. Yeah. Okay. So, um, I'm trying to make this as concise as possible and just do important details. Um. Yeah. Just so through. A series of manipulations and you know and parlor tricks and stuff. Max finally convinces Rita to have dinner with him, uh, and in the process, he, he he revamps Julius's apartment, which looks like it's fucking abandoned. Uh, he uses he's, he says I used every magic trick I could pull out of my out of my pocket to make uh, Julius's shithole look like a you know a, a you know, an expensive apartment. Um, what's the next important thing? Um, so we, can we talk about how Julius is like literally falling apart? Yeah, it's a homeboy. He's washing just, the, the windshield of this limo that he stole. He stole it from a funeral. <laughs> he's, he's cleaning the windshield and his hand just falls off. And, and I love that Silas. Yes. <laughs> Silas just like, yeah, your hand fell off. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> He's like, good thing that's not automatic because you can't drive with two hands. <laughs> <laughs> like, why is this just normal? <laughs> yeah, it's like Silas knows what's going on. He's not a stupid man. But he's just like, you know what? He, he, he like has this mentality where it's like, this is your fucking problem. Um, and uh, he's like, you know, any, anything that happens to you is, is all your problem. And I'm just going to be here to rub it in your face because you fucked up. Yep. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. So, um, you know, Justice is he, he goes to this Doctor Zico, like like we said, he's a club owner, but he also seems to be very uh, um, in the know with you know the supernatural, and he knows that Max is a vampire, or I don't know if he knows Max personally is a vampire, but he knows about vampires, and um, you know convinces Justice that he that there is a vampire after Rita. We find out Rita is half vampire and her mother died in a, or let's see, we find out that her father was a vampire in the, the Caribbean island that she came from. Um, and Rita's mother stole her away or, you know, it's basically t- took her away and brought her to America. Um, and before he died, her father told Max to, to come seek her out. So, I mean, that, that explains 
the reason that he is there, but not necessarily like why it was important. Like what the purpose? Yeah, and, was. and why does he have to dance with her by the next full moon? Yeah, it's like I can get like needing to seek out a mate or something, but why there's a deadline? I I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Um. So. Okay, so yeah, Zico tells Justice that he knew Rita's mother while they were doing research uh, on vampires in the Caribbean, and she surrendered to evil by falling in love with Rita's father. So, there you go. Um, And Rita is half vampire, but she can become full vampire by drinking drinking human blood. Um... And, uh, yeah, so Zico gives Justice this staff with, like, an onk on the end of it, but the onk pulls off, and it, it be, it's a dagger. Um, and it's apparently some ancient mystical dagger that can kill Max. Um, <clears throat> so by this time, Max is, uh, you know, entranced Rita to kind of become his... Uh, his cohort or you know his 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 love or whatever um, and has you know basically prepping her to become a full vampire uh, justice shows up just in <laughs> justice shows up just in the nick of time huh huh that's not anything it's not no good that's not a thing no <laughs> Too much if work. his name was Justin if his name was Justin it would have worked but can we backtrack and say his name is Justin? Just, no, because then it ruins the whole. It ruins the whole cop gimmick. <laughs> um. Uh. Anyway. So. Yeah. So justice, you know, he's you know fighting for his love, and um. Eventually, Rita, you know, she's she's fighting the the bloodlust basically uh, and she finally snaps out of it long enough to take the dagger herself and kill Max um, run him through yeah he falls into his coffin turns to dust and I think he explodes or something <clears throat> right or just into flames or something yeah. his because his ring falls off and that becomes important later but I can't remember does it fall off and maybe roll out or something out into the street? Yeah, because I think he, I think he just turned to dust, if I remember correctly. Because okay. I knew he like kind of. Yeah, I think his dust. ring just. Yeah, I think his ring just falls out the window or something. Okay, so yeah, he his ring, so he falls back dead and he shrivels up and turns to dust and his ring falls off and rolls rolls away. And we see it roll outside and fall on top of this limo. Rita returns to normal. We don't know if she's still half vampire because you'd think that was like in her blood. You know, you can't. Right. I don't think I can just go away. Yeah. It's not like I could say, you know, oh, you know, I have fought my desire for spaghetti, so I'm not Italian anymore. (laughs) (laughs) It doesn't work that way. Um, Anyway. uh, So, yeah. Her and Justice, you know, they get all kissy face and blah, blah, blah. And they're like, bang, bang, bang. (laughs) 
bang, 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 down on the street, we see um, Julius and Silas, and you know Julius is lamenting the fact that he's out of a job now, and he still looks like some fucking decrepit dead body. His um, entire arm is gone at this yeah. point. He he lost an ear. He looks like a fucking rotting corpse. Um, and Silas is like, "Hey, but at least you got a limo." It's like, "Fuck yeah, I got a limo." <laughs> he hops in the back and Silas hops in the driver's seat and they're about to take off and you know this is the first time Julius has been in the back so he's exploring all the cool little features and he rolls back the moonroof and in falls Max's ring and Julius says oh this is this is Max's ring so I'm going to put this on in honor of Max and so he slips it on and boom in a cloud of cloud of smoke uh, we see Julius become the new vampire uh, for for some reason. Um, you know, I've I've heard of a lot of ways of becoming a vampire, and putting on a ring has never been one of them. Um, no, like I don't know if that has anything to do with him being Max's ghoul. Yeah, I mean, but you know, the the most traditional way to to become a vampire is the vampire bites you. And then you have to then drink the like have you know, taste the vampire's blood in return. So it's basically like a little, little uh, reach around you know swap, crisscross, crisscross, flip flop, <laughs> flip flop. You never seen a man flip flop. <laughs> um, it's basically just an exchanging of blood, and that's that's the most common way I know in in my years of vampire literature and, and film that that's the most common way to become a vampire not once have i ever seen oh well you have a taste of vampire's blood and then you put on his ring that's how it works yeah that's like saying you get pregnant from a hand job um <laughs> sure <laughs> just go with me on this i don't know if that's i don't know if that's a perfect analogy but <laughs> close enough <laughs> Um. Anyway, and so yeah, he he's now this suave looking motherfucker. You know, he's got his uh, um, he's got his Dwayne Wayne glasses on. Dwayne Wayne, <laughs> and he's wearing this leather coat, and um, yeah. And so now he's like, all right, now uh, there's a new vampire in a town. New vampire in town, and his name is Julius Jones. It's like nobody cares. <laughs> Nobody knows Julius Jones. And for some reason, he has an accent now. Even though he was, like, straight Brooklyn, now he has, like, this Caribbean or African accent. Like, dude. That's because of the ring. Right. Uh, yes. I guess uh, in part of uh, getting vampiric powers, you also gain the former vampire's accent. Yes. <laughs> um. Anyway. So, uh, yeah, that's the story of the lovely lady. Um, what'd you think, Taylor? It's not great. You know, 
it's not great. <laughs> um, and you know, so go ahead. Uh, oh, I was gonna say, like, like I said at the beginning, this movie had everything going for it, but they just fucked it up. <laughs> yeah. So, so Wes Craven says he he wanted this movie to be funnier, and Eddie Murphy refused to be funny. Which there was definitely parts where I was I laughed at Eddie Murphy, which maybe I wasn't supposed to, but oh yeah, because it's fucking Eddie Murphy, he's a funny guy. <laughs> yeah, like clearly Kadeem Hardison is, is the comic relief in this, but there was definitely times where like Maximilian would say something, and I'd be like, "Is it a joke? Is, it, is, is this a bit?" Yeah, yeah. Uh, I can remember seeing this movie because it had just come out on VHS. This was back in '95, whenever it came out. So I was 10 years old and uh, we rented this and I'm watching it and it's like, I know Eddie Murphy, you know, I've, I'd seen like trading places and fucking coming to America and like, and, and delirious. I was already a big fan of delirious at 10 years old. So, um, and, and, oh, and Beverly Hills cop, I, I, I love the Beverly Hills cop movie. So I was a big fan of Eddie Murphy. So I'm like, all right, Eddie Murphy, movie i love vampire movies let's go and i watch this and even at 10 years old and I, like i'm sitting there watching it knowing that it's not good but not understanding that it's not good <laughs> you know what i mean i'm like i'm just sitting there just like why don't i like this <laughs> what the fuck is this shit <laughs> like i i by all it you know by all um uh, intensive purposes. I should enjoy this, but I'm I'm not, and I don't get it. Just not. <laughs> um. Yeah. Like I, I I honestly I don't know how they fucked this up. I mean, you got well. I mean, I guess it really boils down to the fact that they wanted to make two different movies. Uh, I think that was the biggest thing. But you know, you had. Wes Craven, who's no no stranger to at least um, comic relief, because he, you know, he, in uh, even in the first Nightmare on Elm Street, there was comic relief, even though at the time um, <clears throat> he was much more. Uh, Freddy was much more um, just a sinister character rather than the than the smartass he became later on. But then also, like you know, the Scream movies and stuff, and. Mm-hmm. You know, he 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 understands humor and comic relief and you know tongue in cheek, um, and he, um, ah, fuck, what's the word for it? Humor, irony. That's the one. Ah, um. Anyway, and but you know, to have a funny guy like Eddie Murphy say, "No, I just want to make a horror movie." And for this guy who made his made his fucking bones in horror, say no, this is like a comedy. I feel like oh, and you know, also piece people under the stairs. You know that was definitely a very comedy laden movie. Yeah. Um. But anyway, uh, I feel like maybe Wes Craven saw the script and is like. I, I think he probably knew that it was going to be shit, and so it's like, let's retool this and make it funny. 
<laughs> because otherwise nobody's gonna like it. Right. <laughs> but you know, here we are. Twenty no, sixteen years later and no, longer than that. Right? Twenty six. Twenty six my god. Twenty six years later. Right, because I was ten. Um I can't do math in my head. It's a weakness of mine. Um, yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm starting to ramble, but. I mean, according to Eddie Murphy, the, the biggest problem with this movie was his wig. Yeah, that was the biggest problem. <laughs> Not the script. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. That wig was something else. Oh, yeah. The wig didn't help. No. I don't know why they decided that having a jerry curl was a good idea. <laughs> jerry curl mullet. <laughs> like, what was wrong? What's wrong with his just regular hair? Or maybe like doing something a little more, um, like a- ethnic. You know, like maybe like um, like cornrows or dreadlocks or something. Like I, I, I would buy that more than I bought that ridiculous hairstyle that he had on and it wasn't a good wig either because you could see like the seam in in his uh on his forehead yeah um yeah uh you know we had several different stages of of vampire makeup which i thought were pretty cool um definitely one of the saving graces of this movie i think um and I, I liked that uh, the more vampiric he got, because I'd say there was probably, what, like three different stages of, of makeup? Yeah. Um, and it seemed like the more, more vampiric he got, the more he looked like a, a bat. And I thought that was pretty cool. Although, also, the yeah, more... Yeah, and then, and then when he died, he like it looked like almost skeletal. Right. And then, but... Also, the more vampiric he got, the more ridiculous his hair got. So that was <laughs> kind of the trade-off. <clears throat> um, but yeah, no, I mean, great cast in this. I mean, uh, well, I don't think we even mentioned that Rita is played by Angela Bassett. Right? Yeah, I mean, like extremely well-known and 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 well-regarded or hi- highly regarded actress, and not even she could save this movie. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but I mean, I think if they would have been able to come to terms with the fact that this was a comedy and they were all working towards a common goal, this could have been a much better movie. Well, but, yeah, then you could have like toned down Kadeem Hardison because he was just like turned up to eleven for the comedy. Well, I, I don't even know if toned him down, but I mean, if they if they could have decided to go at least balance it out, yeah. But, you know, you had people, like I said, Kadeem Hardison and John Witherspoon and, you know, of course, Eddie Murphy himself, fucking hilarious people, especially Eddie Murphy. I don't know. The more family oriented he got, the less funny he got. So this may have been his like last, you know, last stand on kind of adult comedy. Um, But like. 
like I said, you know, Angela Bassett, amazing actress, but then, and then also Eddie Murphy, Kadeem Hardison and, and John Witherspoon are hilarious actors. Um, and, and somehow it just didn't work. And it really just boils down to the fact that it was, it was clear that they were trying to make two different movies because Eddie Murphy, even though you could tell he had some lines that were supposed to have a little, <coughs> little uh, you know, sub, um, subtext of like comedy in them to even he was supposed to be a little bit of a comic relief and he was just not giving an inch and I'm sure that probably drove Wes Craven insane yeah um but yeah it's uh it's, it's not not a good one which is disappointing because I mean, it, it, it's a vampire comedy vampire movie, which you know you look at something like Fright Night, which was, you know, definitely more horror or oriented, but had a very strong comic presence, um, and it works like amazingly. Um, but that was clearly a movie where everybody was on the same page, and this one just obviously didn't have that uh, that. Um, brain fart benefit that's cohesion it. sure yeah oh that works too yeah and the script is just a mess like it's it's a confusing script that just it really none is. of it's, it makes sense and it never really like justifies anything yeah and it's like it's it's to the point it's it's one of those scripts that's super confusing and it's not because because of us, it's because it's just poor writing. It doesn't make any fucking sense. And it's like... It somehow makes you feel stupid for not understanding it. Right. <laughs> it's like, did I it's like if, miss if, something? I don't think I did. Yeah, like, if all he has to do is dance with her, then explain why. Yeah. And explain why he, it has to be by the next full moon. Like, if if you want to make all these you know, weird little changes and unique different little things, then you have to explain them. Yeah. Oh, boy. What a shame. Yeah. I hate to see a but, vampire but, movie. And yet this movie is developing, like... Sorry, what? I just say I hate to see a vampire movie, uh, you know, have... Uh, I hate to see a vampire movie go to waste. That's what I said. And yet, this movie is developing this like cult following now. Is it? For some reason, I, I I was not aware of this cult following. Yeah. I just how? I you know people like to like things ironically now. Sure. Yeah. Fucking hipsters. Goddamn millennials. Fucking. Dicks. Yeah, man. <laughs> uh, all right. Well, um, I think that's all I got to say on the matter. Anything else to add? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. Um, well, I think I'm going to give this one a three, boss. Yeah, big same. It's 
really, I really don't see me like. I, I can't think of any reason to to rate it any higher. Like maybe give it the benefit of the doubt and say four. I just can't do it. <laughs> like it's no, got, sir. I don't like it. <laughs> it's got good makeup. And it's got a few funny parts, but th- those are like the really the only saving graces. Yeah. All right. Well, that's going to do it. Should we move on? I mean, for that one. Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Let's, uh, let's, uh, let's head north to, uh, to the Bronx and talk about vampires versus the Bronx. And your girl Gloria coming at you live. If you see a kid that's riding a bike two sizes too big for him, that's his little man trying to save the neighborhood. And speaking of saving the neighborhood, what's up with all these missing person flyers? Yo, check out the courthouse. They're turning it into apartments? Y'all know how this starts. Them white people with canvas bags? That's always the first sign. Hey, what you doing down here, bro? It's too late to fight back now. We are going to wipe you out like the vermin you are. We got vampires in the Bronx. Nobody gonna care that Slim disappeared. Why? Because he's a gangbanger? Nah, homie. Because he's from the Bronx, like us. There's a lot of things happening in this neighborhood right now. Keep your eyes open. All right. Yo, that was mad vague, dog. What do you uh, do for work? Real estate. Are you seriously out at night when you know there's a couple of vampires running around? We're gonna need some garlic and some wooden steaks, like right the hell now. Going to the nest and take out every last one of them. One night with you guys and I already have vampires and thugs trying to kill me. So Vampires vs. the Bronx is a Netflix movie that came out last October, uh, written and directed by Oz Rodriguez. Uh, we open up with, we see, um, uh, what is her name? Vivian, played by Gay. Um, what is the actress's name? Sarah Gadon? Gaden. Gaden? I believe it's Gaden. I'm not, I'm not positive, but I think so. Uh, and she's getting her nails did by Becky, uh, played by Zoe Saldana. <laughs> Who's in the movie a total of about five minutes. Yeah. And she's got like a thick Latin accent. Yeah. Which is so weird because I I, I believe that she's like, I, like at least half Dominican. And Dominican people, because they're so dark complexioned, uh, they can play, uh, you know, Latin, uh, Latinx, I believe is the, is the preferred nomenclature, uh, or black. And it seems like she plays black so often, but she is, like I said, Dominican. So she, it, it's weird to see her play, you know, a, a Latino character or Latina, I should say. Uh, so. Vivian, you know, she gets her nails done. She's, uh, and um, Becky tells her, this is, this is my last manicure. I'm selling the shop. I'm cashing out. I'm going to go live in the suburbs. Mm-hmm. And so as, as Vivian's leaving, 
th this guy walks in from Murnau Properties. And, I like uh, how Vivian, she's like, oh, you know, I know I just met you, but you shouldn't close up. It's like, this is the f bitch this is the first time you've ever gotten your nails done here. Are you telling her not, telling her not to sell her business? I mean, she did say it's the best manicure she's ever had. Well, you know, that's subjective. Yeah. Um, oh, by the way, I don't remember if we mentioned this before, but we're going to spoil this because it's October Oma, and that's what we do. Right. That's what we do. Uh, we do what we do, we do. Yes. Yep. Do do. <laughs> Uh, so the guy from Renau, he comes in and, and, you know, he gets Becky to sign on the dotted line. And he says, all right, we're going to, you know, get you a fat paycheck, get you out of the city. And she's like, all right, I'm so ready. And then all of a sudden this get vampire paid, dude comes late. out of the shadows. That's what she says. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, this vampire dude creeps out of the shadows and he uh, he bites her. He does like the creep walk from like the... the Long Island video. He do the creep. Ah. <laughs> uh, cut to Miguel Mar Martinez. Uh, he's a young boy. Uh, he's playing Tiddlywinks. <laughs> he's, what, what, what do you think they are? Like 14? Uh, yeah, ish. Because I know they talk about sixteen-year-old girls, you know, being yeah. We know we older. know that the girls are sixteen, yeah. and yeah, and that they're older, so they're fifteen at the oldest. But uh, Miguel is putting together a, a block party to raise money to save Primo Bodega, which is the bodega loaned by owned by his friend Tony. Hey, uh, they're hey, hey, oh, yo, hey, whoa! It's, it's my bodega. I own it. <laughs> Yep, <laughs> it's de it's definitely this Tony. Yep, Skeletoni. Even though Not never Tony never once played by the Kid the Nero. I don't think I have either. Really? I don't think so. I've definitely been through the Bronx, but I don't know that I've actually been to the Bronx. The closest I've been to the Bronx is driving past it. What am I going to do? Go to a Yankees game? Fuck that. Fuck the Yankees. Wait, are they even Fuck in the, the Bronx Yankees. anymore? Yeah. They are? Oh, okay. I thought, they, I thought their new stadium, they, they moved somewhere else. I don't... I, I could be wrong, but I don't... I don't, I don't think so. Doesn't matter. Anyway. So. Anyway. Block party. Uh, fuck the Yankees. <laughs> um, so, yeah. Miguel and Bobby and Luis are uh like they're they're best friends with this guy tony they go to his bodega and play xbox but again this Murnau properties is like buying up everything in the neighborhood and they're trying to get their hands on this bodega and so they're throwing this block party to try and raise money to save it gentrification is a big theme in this movie oh for sure almost definitely. uh <clears throat> luis is like the nerdy one and yet he's rocking a ghost prequel three-quarter sleeve t-shirt throughout the whole movie, which is pretty sweet. <laughs> and reading the same um, wears a Yeah, and he wears a Slayer shirt at the end. That's so cool. He never talks about 
any of these. Like he doesn't no. talk about listening to Slayer or anything, but he just rocks the T-shirt. It's probably yeah, a poser. What a God-fearing Catholic his his abuela is. Yeah, he's just wearing these fucking like not only like metal bands or you know rock bands, but satanic ones. Right. Um. So uh, they're hanging out. They're, they're shooting hoops, and they're approached by this gang led by this guy named Henny. And this guy named Slim, he talks about stealing Luis's shoes. And then later that night, uh, Miguel runs into Slim, and he's he's holding like a slushie or something, some kind of drink, and he runs into Slim and he spills it on his Knicks jersey. And he's like, oh, no. (laughs) Yeah, Slim's like, I'm going to murder you. (laughs) Um, And so... Even though Miguel is on a bike and Slim is not Slim, <laughs> Slim starts chasing him, and he chases him down into this like alley thing. And you know Miguel start Miguel hides and Slim's walking around just like where are you? And suddenly uh, we see the vampire guy come creeping down the the, the ramp, and he's like. You know, dressed in this like matrix jacket thing. Mm-hmm. And Slim is just like, oh, a little early for Halloween, ain't it? And the guy's like, I'm just out for a walk. And Slim's like, well, you better back up because you're all up in my business right now. <laughs> you better not. <laughs> hey, Mr. Donahead, man, who's trying to kill you? Well, I don't know, but you better not. <laughs> <laughs> The vampire guy like grabs Slim and he they both float up into the air and he bites him and throws his dead carcass down. And Miguel sees all this. So he like freaks out and runs back to his friends and he says, Hey, I just saw a fucking vampire. All right, Pete Trevor Moore. Where you at? One love. And of course, you know, they're initially hesitant to believe him. But while they're in the store, the vampire comes in. And what what does he buy? He buys something like really... Oh, hand sanitizer. Oh, yeah. But they notice that he doesn't have a reflection. So now they're all convinced. So what do you do when there's vampires on the block? Watch Blade. Naturally. That's their go-to. <laughs> yep. I like how they they ask uh, they ask Tony they're like do you have a Blade DVD and he's like do you have thirteen ninety nine? You know it's like I was sitting there like why fucking Blade? I mean other other than for the comic relief, why would they pick fucking Blade to learn how to kill vampires? Because that is like the most like ridiculous way to learn how to kill vampires when there's. <laughs> There's fucking like Dracula or uh, you know Fright Night or like, like any of the Draculas really, but then I was thinking like, oh well, Blade's probably the only one that like has a, like a minority as the hero, so maybe they. That's true. Yeah, that's the only reasoning I could think of. But I mean, then like you said, Luis was was reading Salem's Lot. Yeah. And so he, he knows a thing or two about a thing or two. And he, you know, teaches them about 
garlic and holy water and all this regular vampire stuff. Uh, in, in this movie, holy water boils when a vampire is near. Yeah, that was weird. Like, I'd never heard of that before. Me neither. I've seen a lot of vampire movies in my life, and I've read Dracula probably more than any other book. I don't think I've ever heard of holy water boiling in the presence of a vampire. So I don't know if they got that from some source that I'm not familiar with, or if they made that up. But, yeah. It's lore here. Uh, so they go to the Murnau Properties management office and under the guise of looking for sponsorship for their block party, they talk to uh, Frank Paladori. <laughs> hey, and, yo. Uh, hey, oh, hey, kids, hey. <laughs> um, and like before he comes out to meet him, like these big metal shutters come down and block all the windows. So they're like, well, clearly this guy is a vampire. Naturally. But so he writes him a check for uh, initially it's two grand and then he ups it to three grand. He's like, fuck it. But he basically te- he basically tells him he's like, <laughs> yep, that's that's what he wrote in the memo. He wrote YOLO. Um, <laughs> but he basically tells him, look, kids, the the Bronx is a big city or a big area, and uh, if you went missing, no one would care. <laughs> Which is a, a fucked up thing to say to children. Right? <laughs> That's like, almost like saying, oh, your parents never loved you. <laughs> uh, but while they're there, they, they steal this file, this USB drive. Um, and inside there's also, they steal like a little bag and there's like a USB drive and this key with like a skull on top. It was pretty sweet looking. Yeah, it was. Um... So they go to the courthouse, which has also been bought up by Murnau Properties and being turned into condos. Sorry, they they look at the USB drive and they notice that there's like all these coffins and plans for different uh, nests, basically, mm-hmm. uh, at the courthouse. So they break into this courthouse. Uh, Miguel opens one of the coffins. We see the vampire from earlier. And uh, instead of, you know, killing it, they just decide to get it for the gram. <laughs> uh, but this do. is about the, yeah, this is about the point in time when Bobby's phone goes off, and Bobby is like hanging out with that Henny guy. Henny's basically trying to recruit Bobby into his gang. Obviously, Miguel and Luis are telling him that's a bad idea, but Henny calls Bobby at like the worst possible time. This vampire gets up. Chases them out. And they get arrested for trespassing. <clears throat> and so the cops take them back to the Murnau Properties office and they want him to want them to apologize to Frank. But apologize. this 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 crowd gathers around because uh, Miguel is screaming about vampires. And he's like, you know, just just watch this video. And he plays the video, and it's him opening the coffin, but there's no vampire inside. Right. Um, but this girl, who Miguel has a crush on, coincidentally also named Rita. <laughs> also, the actress is like 23 years old. <laughs> 
and she's playing a 16-year-old, which is just icky. Yeah. <laughs> um, but she, you know, she believes them because she's like vampires don't have reflections and they don't show up in videos. But she kind of like mumbles it to herself so nobody hears her. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, they basically realize he's, he's not a vampire. Um, meanwhile, Tony, uh, Tony realizes that Vivian is a vampire because uh, she like, won't come into the bodega until he says, welcome to Primo Bodega. And then she, she buys some hummus and, as he's he's reaching down for a bag or something, I don't remember what, but he notices on the security camera that there's just this like hummus floating in midair. <laughs> Did you know she was a vampire? I had an inkling. Okay, yeah, I mean, like, I thought it was just a little too obvious, and she was a little too nice. Like, she was a little too white lady. Yeah, like. Like she was like the only white person in in just kind of floating around the Bronx. She's like, oh, I just moved here, and it's like there's something off about her. Um, and it's like I don't know if they were trying to play it coy or or what, but like almost the second she was on screen, I'm like, I think she's a vampire. I mean, as as soon as. Like she hesitated walking into the bodega. That's when I knew for sure, right? Which was before the big reveal, but mm-hmm. um, but yeah, even before that, I, I had an inkling, right? Yeah, it was just speculation up to that point, but I was, I was pretty sure. Yeah, uh, Tony takes his prized Sammy Sosa bat and fights off Vivian until she breaks it and kills him off. Um, there's this weird scene where like, we realize that Frank is the vampire's familiar and he hires Henny to like take the boys out but then Henny and his gang just like confront the vampires and there's like a rumble in an alley yeah and it's like guys this is not going to go well for you right but you know also, they uh, they killed they killed Slim, so they had to get revenge. Right. It just struck me as weird because, like, you know, Polidori hired Henny and his gang to, uh, I think he hired him to to get rid of the kids, right? Yeah. Or no, or was it to get Tony? to to get back the key, and then he said and eliminate the perpetrators or whatever. Right, okay. And also kind of fuck up the neighborhood to kind of encourage people to sell their property. Um and so, you know, you'd, you'd think that he that they and the vampires would sort of be on the same team, but apparently not. Right. <laughs> or somebody didn't get the um, memo. I guess before that happened though, Henny does he recruits Bobby to be part of his gang. Uh but Bobby initially, uh, eventually backs out when Henny gives him a gun, and he's like, oh, this is like a gang gang. Like, right. Uh, so 
Miguel and Luis are forced to go to church by their their moms and grandmothers, uh, where Pastor um, or Father Jackson, played by Method Man. <laughs> that was like, I mean, obviously that was like a tongue in cheek casting. But it's funny, like earlier in the movie, he comes across um, Miguel and. Wait, no. Bobby. Bobby. That, no, the one with the glasses. Oh, Luis. Luis. Um, he comes across him and, like. Oh, no, it was Bobby. Sorry. Uh, yeah, yeah. And giving him grief about joining the gang and slinging drugs and stuff. And it's just like. Dropping you, out of school. You're right. Like, you are Method Man. You made your career <laughs> rapping about fucking drugs and, and booze and shit. Yeah. I guess they figured if I could play a priest, then Method Man can play a priest. Yeah. You, you really opened a lot of doors for people. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they, they sneak into Method Man's office while, during the prayer. Um, they also steal the little wafers, the, blood, the body of Christ, because they say if you put one of those in a vampire's mouth, it'll explode. The, the Eucharist. Yeah. So they steal those, and then they break into his office, and they steal a bunch of holy water in Sprite bottles. Because <laughs> Method Man's just got, like, a pizza and a two-liter of Sprite waiting in his office for <laughs> after mass, I guess. Yeah. That's what's up. That's a good night. And... <laughs> He notices that they're gone, so he goes back into his office, and his his reaction is, "Motherfucker stole my sprite." <laughs> Doesn't notice that the holy water's gone, but um. <laughs> it's just like it's like uh, you remember a few weeks ago when I was telling you I went to Taco Bell and they gave me the wrong drink, and it's just like yeah. you know, there's just something so refreshing, like. Like you, you know, you have like pizza, or, or in this case, like Taco Bell, and you know, you, you you sit down and you just have that nice cold drink that you're really looking forward to, and it's either fucked up or wrong or, or missing, and it's just or flat or something, yeah. Yeah, it just fucks up your whole day. <laughs> anyway. Sure. Yep. <laughs> um, uh, they also go back to Tony's. Realize he's been murdered. You okay? May I drop my phone? Oh. Um, they find the Sammy Sosa bat, which is now broken and strangely resembles a steak. Coincidentally. Uh, uh, foreshadowing, maybe. Um, they, uh, uh, Vivian finds them and takes them home, takes them back to Miguel's place. And she's like, trying to get Miguel's mom to let her in or to invite her in. Mm-hmm. She's just like, oh, what a nice apartment. Oh, what nice art you have. And they're just like, hey, don't let her in because the Sprite is boiling. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then finally she like vamps. What? Oh, just like she's being so, uh, you know, not, not, not so much forceful, but just like really just trying overt. to make her way in. What? Overt. Yeah. And, um, yeah, this lady is just like, uh, thanks. Bye now. Go away, white lady. 
but yeah, then she yeah, finally like, like. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Um, you know when when Miguel is like, she's a fucking vampire. <laughs> she like gets mad and vamps out, and yeah, so Miguel drops the facade, and she's like, like right in front of Miguel's mom, she's like, you know what? The second I, the second you step out of there, I'm gonna drain your blood and everyone else's. <laughs> and her, she drops the act real like, quick. What the fuck? <laughs> White people be crazy. <laughs> it's, it's true. Um, yeah. So now you know. Now Miguel's mom is on board, obviously. Uh, but they they get Bobby back after he leaves the gang, and the three of them go to the um, the courthouse, and they manage to pick off a couple of the vampires while they're sleeping. Upside down from the rafters, naturally. Of course. Very uh, lost boys. But Vivian, obviously being the, the leader, she stays alive and she she's gets the key back and she opens this little chest, which apparently contains the remains of the first vampire. Right. And they have to blow this in someone's face before biting them to turn them. Yeah, again. Did I get that right? Yeah. Like, for some reason, blowing this dust in their face, and then, and then, yeah, then they have to be bitten. Like again, this I've I've seen and read a lot about vampires. This is something I've never heard of before. So you know, kudos to them for coming up with their own lore. But just like, what? <laughs> Which I guess that's why Tony didn't turn because he was just eaten. I presume. But she, uh, I think that she blows it in Miguel's face, right? But doesn't bite him. Bobby. Bobby. Okay. <clears throat> um, but you know they fight out into the streets, and there's all all the people of the Bronx out there waiting to get a piece of this vampire, um, including Chris red, who we haven't mentioned right. is this like dude that plays chess on the street. You know, like one of those guys. Yeah. Just one of those greasy guys. <laughs> um, but he, he tries to fight Vivian. She just throws him in the garbage. Yeah. It's funny. Cause like she's in, I don't know where where are they? Is it like a warehouse or something that they're in? That's uh, the courthouse. Oh, that, that's right. Okay, yeah. So yeah, and she like she's talking to Miguel, and she's like something, whatever, you know, yada yada yada. The only reason I'm here in this shithole you call the Bronx, and outside, Chris is like, "The fuck you say about the Bronx?" <laughs> Right. Um, but yeah, all these people are outside with like plastic brooms and stuff. And I'm like, do you guys know anything about vampires? Like, it's like A for effort. You can't hit but, him with uh, a flip flop. <laughs> I don't know. Like a lot of, uh, you know, uh, Latino and, and Italian grandmas can hit pretty hard with their flip flop. I mean, that's what I hear. <laughs> I don't know if it works on vampires, though. Is the only thing. Only one way to find out. Uh, 
But Method Man does have this like staff with a cross on it. He like burns her face, puts a big X on her forehead, like uh, Evil Ed. Mm-hmm. Pretty blatant uh, homage there. There's there's a lot of those. Or I mean, I don't know if it's necessarily none of this blatant. This is the most blatant, but there's definitely other homages. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, nothing that stands out, and and maybe it's just. A coincidence, but yeah, there are things that are that seem very much like other movies. Um, yeah, and yeah, that just being one of them. Yeah. Uh, suddenly, the the seas part, and Miguel comes flying in on his bicycle on his Schwinn or mongoose, <laughs> and he's got uh, Tony's bat like a jousting rod, and he just jams it right into Vivian's chest and she she dies 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 she just you know she like disintegrates and it's kind of anticlimactic overall it really is all that build up and it's just fucking like just dunsies yeah it's like you you were killed by the person who was trying to kill you. <laughs> With minimal effort. <laughs> I mean, he had to ride his bike really hard. <laughs> uh, fast forward two weeks later, they're out at the block party, which, you know, I don't, I don't know if they saved the bodega or well, what the block party's for so. anymore, but yeah, like, who's running the bodega at this point? Man, this black body uh, looks but, fucking fun. Yeah, it did. And it's guaranteed vampire-free. Right. How do they guarantee that? I don't know. Well, I mean, because Rita says they're damn good at vampire hunting. Sure, yeah. And also, I guess it is in the middle of the day. That That's true, is. too. I like how Rita like declares herself part of their crew. She's like, you know, we're really good vampire hunters. And they're just like, yeah, we are, instead of going, what the fuck did you do? Yeah. <laughs> and Miguel, bless his heart, took it in stride because, like, he thought that she was uh, expressing interest in him. And so he leans in for the kiss and she's just like, uh, nope. Whoa, hey, whoa, hey, whoa. Oh, wee, yo. <laughs> and yeah, that's how it ends on a nice, bright, sunny day in the middle of a block party. Yeah, and then there's this girl who's been just Instagramming all day or through the entire movie, and she's just talking about how uh, how fucking hard the Bronx is. Yep. So yeah. It's uh. It's not bad. It's not so bad. I I definitely wish it was a little more adult oriented. Uh, yeah, you know, it kinda... feels a little Disney Channel. A at bit, points. Yeah. Or you know, I mean, I, you know, saying Disney Channel kind of as like a placeholder, it just it, it felt very much made for children. Um, which is, but I mean, like Disney Channel movies have like a certain vibe to them, and I just feel like there was definitely points, like not the whole movie overall, but there was points in this movie that just had that kind of vibe. Fair. Yeah. Um, yeah, I definitely would have liked to see a little. 
<clears throat> um, to see them kind of up the, 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 you know, gore and, you know, you know the, the, the vampire action. Yeah, the violence and the, and the vampire action. Because, um, I mean, I feel like that's kind of what I sign up for when I watch a vampire movie, and if it doesn't deliver on that simple thing, I just, I'm kind of disappointed. Sure. But, um, no, I mean, like, the, the, the story was there. I feel like we're seeing a lot of uh, movies lately about gentrification. Um, it's becoming a very common theme, particularly in uh, in horror, I think. Um, yeah. And, uh, but, I mean, you know, <clears throat> you know, I think probably the better half of 20 years ago, um, you know, people in Brooklyn were seeing this kind of stuff happen. And I'm sure... I'm sure it's probably actually happening in the Bronx right now is all this gentrification and, you know, rich people moving in or basically, you know, jacking up property values and pushing poor people out. So, you know, rich white people can move in. Yeah. You know, it's, I think I mentioned this last time we were recorded, uh, watching vampire in Brooklyn. It's, it's funny because, when I, I imagine Brooklyn, or at least you know substantial chunks of Brooklyn, being like this gentrified place where you know you've got like you know small little coffee shops all over the place, and you know dog parks and <laughs> this kind of shit all you know stuff like that all over. Uh, but then watching something like Vampire in Brooklyn, which was in the mid '90s, and it just looked like an absolute shithole. Yeah. So I mean I I don't know how entirely accurate that was but um yeah it's it's I I have to imagine what was going on in this movie is probably actually what's happening not necessarily with vampires but but you never know never know um yeah I mean it was definitely a, a fairly heavy-handed metaphor yeah, it really was. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, like all the vampires are white. So yeah, I mean that that really kind of drives the the point home. I think. Um. Yeah. Anyway. Uh. Yeah. Uh, no. I mean, it was it was a decent enough story. I I um appreciated what it was working towards and uh the kids were were great i thought they all played their roles really well except for i think i mentioned this last time something about bobby he seemed like a throwaway character the whole story with him and henny like like i've seen plenty of movies where there's like you know this kind of side story about someone who is involved with a gang, even if they're not in the gang, like they, you know, the, either the gang's trying to recruit them or they're like fighting the gang or something. But like the, the him joining the gang and then quitting the gang, it all happened so fast that it was like, what was the point of this? Yeah. And it wasn't like he like, you know, brought the gang around to help fight the vampires or anything like that. They like the gang ended up just being fodder. Yeah. So ultimately there was really no reason for that gang to exist. That whole storyline didn't need to exist. 
Yeah. And so, like, yeah, like, it just I mean, kind of felt like they were giving Bobby something to do. Yeah, it, it seemed so, like, it, I don't know, like, there was this big falling out where it felt like Bobby, like, Bobby felt like his friends weren't really, didn't really care about him anymore, and that's when he starts kind of falling in with this, with, with his gang. But yeah, like you were saying, as soon as they hand him a gun, that's when he likes, he's like, ah, you know what, maybe this isn't for me. And then just comes back to his friends, and it's like, I don't know, did anybody learn anything here? Because it seemed like that was a little too easy. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah, I I definitely think that, you know, I mean, you got to worry about runtime, obviously, but I feel like if they would have built out that element of the story a little more uh, it seemed like Bobby would have maybe earned his screen time a little more yeah because he really seemed like kind of an inconsequential character I mean you could have just had him hang around and I feel like the, the story wouldn't have changed at all yeah that whole side plot really didn't add anything yeah and you still could have fed the gang to the vampires. Right. <laughs> <sighs> well. But yeah, like you said, I think that I think the story overall is good. Um, and like we were saying, there's, you know, some some cute little homages to other films. Yeah, um, I, re- I mean, we talked about, right, I think I just briefly mentioned The Lost Boys. There, it seemed like there was a lot of um, inspiration from that. Um, yeah. I mean, down to like you know the the kids, um, you know, uniting against vampires. You know, using movies in this case, whereas like in Lost Boys, they use like comics and things like that to learn how to kill vampires. Um, and then also the part where they where they discover like their nest and they're hanging from the ceiling. That was very Lost Boys mm-hmm. for me. Yeah, <laughs> the kid's name is Miguel and. Michael, right? <laughs> uh, um, I, I wouldn't go so far as to say it's gateway horror. I'd say it's a little more mature than that, but uh, definitely still kind of, you know, not not a horror hounds movie. Definitely not. No, I mean, like if we this would this would probably not have been something I would have just watched in my spare time. Or at least yeah. if I had, I would probably would have made it all the way through. Because I'd be like, this is not really what I'm looking for. Uh, yeah, like this which, is something I could watch with cheese. Sure, yeah. Yeah, I mean, this. I don't know that this is anything that, that Kristen would actually enjoy, but it would probably be more likely for her to sit through it rather than something like Fright Night or Lost Boys. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Definitely much more, not necessarily fr- family friendly, but uh, just mixed company friendly, I think. Sure. Yep. Which is it rated? I don't know if Netflix does MPAA. I believe it's PG 13. Okay, there you go. Which tracks? Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, overall, it's uh, it's not bad. Um, I'm gonna 
I'm gonna say six. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking too. Um, it's it, yeah, it, it's a decent watch, and you know, it's easy to 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 stick with it. Uh, the plot is pretty straightforward, but you know, a lot of the like the twists and turns they try to establish don't really land. Um, they don't really go anywhere. Yeah. Um, and yeah, like, like you're saying, it's, it's definitely geared towards, I think a younger audience. Um, Mm -hmm. but you know, which would, which could be good if you have, you know, younger kids in the house and you don't want to start showing them, you know, the ultra violent horror stuff. Or if you have somebody in your family, who's not a big horror fan, this could be a good, uh, compromise. For sure. Cool. All right. Well, that about does it for Week of the Vampire again. <laughs> yeah, I mean, honestly, I don't remember how well the, the original went, but uh, I don't know. I I really hate when we have to re-record because it's so hard to feel like we we you know really hit it like we did the first time. You know. Yeah. But. We did our best. We're not getting those genuine. We're not getting those genuine first reactions. Yeah, but we do what we can, and I, I, yeah. I try to not fuck up as as often as possible. Fake it till you make it. That's how I live my life. <laughs> All right, still guys. waiting to make it. <laughs> All right, guys. So we'll be back. Oh, well. I mean, this. I'm gonna try and get this out tomorrow morning. This it's Friday night right now. I'm gonna try and get this out tomorrow morning. Uh, taking the kid out for the day, so if I can't get it done before then, this might come out either Saturday night or Sunday morning. So we'll see how it plays out. But our next episode is gonna be Week of the Zombie. Taylor, what did we watch? We watched Wormwood, Road of the Dead, and Yummy. So yummy. Mm, yummy. <laughs> Let's stop that. Um, <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So uh, look out for that, guys. That is actually going to be on Wednesday because uh, there's no room for me to fuck it up. So... Because it's um, already done. It's already done. <laughs> so look out for that. Um, until then, Taylor, where can people find us? They can find us at graveplotpodcast.com as well as wherever you listen to your podcasts except Spotify. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and YouTube as graveplotpodcast or on Twitter as grave underscore plot. And check out patreon.com slash graveplotpodcast for exclusive content as well as graveplotfilmfest.com for all your updates on the 2022 Grave Plot Film Fest. That's right. Do all those things. Do it. We're gonna be uh, we're gonna be checking, and if we find any of you that didn't do it, we're coming for you. We're gonna block you from our feed. We're gonna put so much shit up your ass. <laughs> yeah. That.
going to jam stuff up there. <laughs> like those guys from Jackass. <laughs> All right. We're going to call it a night. So until next time, guys, I'm Skeletoni. I'm Taylor of Terror. This has been the Great Flat Podcast, where we're all a little dead inside. She looks like one. She dresses like one. Got kicked out of the cop for having too much fun. She's my vampire girl. Stays up all night just to sleep when it's